hobby with reckless abandon. Why, hello, and welcome to Season 21, Episode 3 of Happy Jack's RPG Podcast. My name is Stu. My name is Kimmy. I'm Davey. I'm not Davey. I'm not Kimmy. Um, Stork. Stork. That's yeah. some sort of bird animal. Yeah, some sort of... A, a new guy. Who are you, and what do you do that makes you famous? Yeah. yeah. Uh, my name is Davey, and I've been gaming for a very long time, since uh, since D&D, first edition. Ooh. Uh, nice pedigree. Excellent. Yeah, yep. and I've run LARPs uh, both on the East Coast and the West Coast. Nice. What kind of LARPs? Uh, I did Vampire LARP on the East Coast back when that was cool. Uh, on the, on the east coast, or just because they're so cool? Well, uh, yeah, Clearly. of course, yeah, yeah, totally cool. <laughs> yeah, totally, <laughs> they're um, fine. No, I mean, you know, but and then uh, out on the west coast here, we did a, a buffer larp for which is still running. I'm just not running it anymore. Called Dying Kingdoms. DyingKingdoms.com. Have fun. Nice. I know a lot of people were involved in Dying yeah. Kingdoms. <laughs> yeah. A lot of people actually. Yeah, Is that your fault? You started that? No, uh, Jess Heinig started it, mm-hmm. uh, and then um, when he moved up uh, north and. What, you know, needed a break. A couple of other friends stepped up to take over. I ran it for a couple of years. Some other people took over. It's the kind of thing you can burn out on, you know. Mm-hmm. I bet. Shocked. I bet. Yeah. Shocked. I tell you. <laughs> really? Yeah. It's got a lot of people in it, doesn't it? It, it does. It seems like an enormous amount of work on your spare time. It's like, oh, now I got to get home and run spreadsheets <laughs> and organize stuff yep. and talk to a bunch of attractive to people who don't like to leave their house. Yeah. And then promise them, make them promises, make sure that they're cool. Oh, yeah. That sounds exactly like us. <laughs> Well, you. 100%. <laughs> like, that is 100% happy decks. And, and right. then imagine, but also camping out. And yeah. And, uh, you know, the running rain. around the woods and hitting people with bopper swords. So that's the good part. Fair. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's so, so uh, what, what, are you, what are you running and playing right now? Uh, I'm, uh, I'm actually between games at the moment. Oh, uh, well said. Oh, well, I like that. That's a good phrase. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm an officer without games. portfolio. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> recently, I was running a game that uh, Chris, that. Tiny Viking, and Bruce Penner uh-huh. uh, were in that was a D&D 5th edition uh, Viking epic saga. Nice. Oh, cool. So, I like um, Vikings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like so that was, we had. <laughs> right? <laughs> Two great tastes that go great together. Great together. <laughs> uh, you, you, like, you like fifth edition? Love it. Yeah. Uh, it's the most fun I've had playing D- D&D since I was eight. Well said. <laughs> well said. Yeah. Like, that's a t shirt. There you go. Excellent. Well, thank you, thank you for joining us. We appreciate it. Let me get to my shit. Yeah, there's a thing. <clears throat> blurb. blurb. In this blurb. episode. No, oh. Kimmy used to do this thing. Sorry. Blurb. Blurb. She doesn't do it anymore. In this episode, <laughs> about the blurb time yet. We'll discuss <laughs> grokking your PC or NPC. Bobby from Belgium. That's actually a word. Bobby from Belgium. The thing. One word. Bobby yeah. from Belgium asks. Gro- grokking is a word. <laughs> it is. It is. Bobby from Belgium. <laughs> no, really? We're still it's only on funny the third time. Uh, <laughs> Asked for some tips running a game over Skype, mm-hmm. and the Reverend Doctor Johnson uh, sends a brief love note. And Minnesota, Minnesota Dice something. I only wrote half his name. It's his name is not Minnesota. I'll find it. Hold on a second. Okay. Minnesota Dice Tosser nice. uh, sends a confession and a horror story. Yay! <laughs> But first, if you'd but like first. to email us, you can email us at happyjacksrpg at gmail.com. It's happyjacksrpg at gmail.com. We're on Twitter, and we're on Instagram, mm-hmm. and we're on the face bag. Mm-hmm. Happy Jacks RPG. Really, if you just Google Happy Jacks RPG, you'll, you'll get happy You're the Jacks. first result. <laughs> <laughs> and we're on the YouTube. And we're on the Twitches, which you're We might even have a LinkedIn profile. 
No. I don't think so. Yeah, you know, Happy Jacks RPG, looking for viewers. No. <laughs> Here are our qualifications. I don't think this thing. <laughs> we, should, uh, we should get one. No. Okay. I don't need any more things. To oh, do. man. We got <laughs> knocked way down. But um, we... One, what? two, three... We're the fifth thing now. Or fifth. Fifth thing if you, if you Google... RPG podcast. Right, but a couple of the things that are above us are lists of RPG podcasts that include us. Nope. Yeah. Well, one RPG one or two or two are. Yeah. Geek and Sundry. Well, yeah. Freaking newcomers. Yeah. And, and <laughs> right, we were here Those before. Young them. whippersnappers. <laughs> well financed. Uh, yeah. yeah. And uh, one shot podcast. I know. Yeah, I they're fantastic. Who, yeah, they are good. Yeah. But and, the other two so are lists. The other two are lists that include us. Yes. So right. I'm. Okay but we're still. It's still on the first page, yeah. which means that it's not. You know, we're not getting stalked by creepy people because only creepy people look past the first page. No, Geek and Sundry like is like the, <clears throat> the Jupiter of of that, and they they take all the meteors and all of the all the hits, and then then it trickles on us, and we get, we get nothing. We're Uranus. Like, we're, <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say we're, we're in the we're in the habitable zone. We're like Earth. We're just very safe and all that because the big guys have taken all the heat. <laughs> the one thing we can all agree on is that Pluto is a planet. It, okay, mm. yeah, sure. Well, I'm just gonna say a dog, but uh, the other way. Dog. It's, it's Mickey's dog. Okay, uh, yeah, yeah. But he's, uh, but he's a. I, I don't know. I don't want to get into the goofy Pluto. Well, there's Canis Domesticus and Canis Erectus. <laughs> Canis right. Erectus was goofy. Canis <laughs> Domesticus. So, okay, all right. I'm also supposed to bring up that Dritzmus, which is it's right there. Uh, okay, good job. Did no. Okay, that Dritzmus is coming up. Um, that's our our pseudo made up holiday exchange. It's not made up. It's not made up at all. Dritzmus is the day after. Somebody made it up. Well, let's so not get into up. that discussion because that's based on canon. I brought you. A, <laughs> I brought you a Christmas present. Oh, awesome! Oh. It's the Black Grouse. Ooh. Excellent. I figured, you know, dark yes. elf, dark whiskey. So Excellent. That is acceptable. Is, we will. We will accept house. this tribute. We'll um, Storkel get some glasses. Get some glasses. <laughs> um, anyway, if you want to participate in our not made up holiday Dritzmas gift exchange, uh, email uh, Dritzmas D R Z Z D R I Z Z T. Sorry, it's very small. M A S. It's Dritz. Like, Should I get glasses now? If you don't know who he is, you probably aren't listening to this. And what? And then you have to sign up by February second. What's the official pronunciation of that name? Do we know? Have Dritz. we ever heard it from? Yes. Depends which nerd you're talking Dritz. to. Uh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. I always yeah. pronounced it Dritz, but uh, people yeah. co- pr- pronounce it Drizit. Yeah. Dritz. Oh. Dritz. Or, or Drizit. I mean, it could I've be. kind of done it. I would. I would want an ways. I between the Z and the T if I was going to pronounce it Drizit. Yeah. But that's me. That's but yeah, there's. But maybe that second Z is like a Y sometimes. Oh, it could be like Welsh. Yeah. Like two. Oh, thanks. I add vowels because it doesn't make sense otherwise. Why did I didn't have a? I, I want to. Oh. Is there a smaller glass? Can I have a smaller yeah. glass? That is. That's the smallest I can find. Oh, yeah. you can <laughs> tell this is really there's top a, notch. Actually, if you want to get me, there's a there's a bag right next to right above those, and there's small mason jars in there. I have there. to admit that that's one of those words that I've read so many times, and I'm so familiar with from reading. With, right? sure. Well, they're also for preserving stuff, but you can drink out of them. That's okay. I <laughs> am, I, am I ruining your bug? No, not at all. Whiskey okay. is a preservative. It's my, it's it is. my yeah. you know, you can prepper. This is my prepper cave. <laughs> <laughs> I see that now. <laughs> so, um, anyway, but that's one of those words that I've read so many times. Yeah. That sometimes I'm afraid to say it out loud because I'm really familiar with everything, but I've never actually like said it out loud. I've just read it a million times. Right. I didn't mean Thank to you, open sir. A- so it's like a, there's a lot of uh, <clears throat> names from Tolkien that I'm like, I know everything about that person, but you asked me to say their name out loud. I'm like, I d- mm. right. 
The the uh, so it ba- basically it's February second is you the have deadline. To, yeah, to register is the deadline to register. So you're gonna you're gonna email Dritzmas d r i z z t m a s at mm-hmm. gmail.com and you'll get sent some sort of form yeah. to fill out. You have to fill out the form and turn it in by that time. Uh, and I think his rules for it are and this is not we don't do this. This is actually done by a listener, uh, Sergio. And um, that's how you the stuff. But like yeah, he is. But you 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 got to make the commitment that you're yeah. going to give a gift because you're going to be put into a pool of people, and if you don't yeah. send your gift, and someone's not getting their Christmas present, yeah, that's lame. That's very sad. That's lame. It's very Ruins sad. the made up holiday. For, I mean, not made up holiday for everybody. It's the it's the day. It's the day after. Um, the day after or the day before. The day after St. Patrick's Day, I think. Day before, maybe. I'm trying to remember. It was if you don't remember, it's probably the day after. Ah, I'm trying well to think. Said. We did a show. I think the show was the day. It was the day after. Yeah, because we're usually really after? hungover. <clears throat> well, we're tired. I'm an atheist. I don't celebrate anything. Wait a minute. That's not how that works. Yeah. Right. You celebrate St. Patrick's Day. Day before St. Patrick's. No, Day, I just, says. I just. That's amateur hour. I just, I have to. I have a show to go do. Yeah. I have to. I have to go out there and do it. But I'm right. Celebrate. Uh, secondly, JackerCon 14, which is a virtual game convention that it is also run by listeners mm-hmm. that starts March 17th and ends April 1st mm-hmm. uh, and that the title is been spending most our lives in a subterranean paradise because it has a Dritz thing nice. Menza Baranza nice. you know that's his hometown mm-hmm. <clears throat> is that how that's pronounced I believe so not Menza Baranza maybe it is <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know either. That's, I mean, I'm curious about these things. I pro- that's the way I pronounced it when I read the book. That's the way I heard it in my head. Right. So Maybe that's just always like... I think yeah. you added vowels. There's not very many vowels in that word. You The, the fuck there ain't. In, in Menzo Baranzan, there's... Are there? That's how, that's how I oh, pronounce right. it okay. internally. But I, both of our pronunciations are plausible. Yes. Maybe it's a dialect. Like, it could the, exactly. like the, the northern yes. Menzo Baranzan. The northern drow. That way. <laughs> with like the less educated... <laughs> You know, right. extenders, Norlands, and <coughs> Norleans. My niece was talking about Legolas in, in the uh, in the Lord of the Rings. Oh, series. it says Davy's pronunciation is what's in the audiobook. Okay, oh, there you go. Yeah. My my niece is talking about Legolas in the uh, Lord of the Rings, series, and I went, no, actually, and then as I oh, actually, I went, I actually don't. You know, know what? Until there was Legolas. a movie, uh, until there was a movie or an audiobook, no one knew. <laughs> it's like no, actually. Tolkien made any number of recordings of. Oh, uh, did he really? Yeah, yeah. He, he just uh, actually does, and, and it is—it's Legolas. But and he has giant pronunciation guides for everything. Yep. Does he really? Yep. Yeah. He right. wrote languages like really, really wrote them like. Literally, the last <laughs> half of the Return of the King is an appendix yeah. on, on language and history. I'm so glad I never got through two chapters. The whole Silmarillion. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to read that part. It's not like it's actually fast. <laughs> yeah, I like that part. I'm I'm partial to it. <laughs> and it's drid. Not it's drizzed, drizzed on the audiobook, not drizzit, drizzed. Drizzed. Sorry, but no, I, but he spells it exactly the same way. That doesn't help. Yeah, really. That's not phonetic. No, he put an I, I in it. He put an I in the second one. Drizzed, drizzed. So anyway, anyway, right here, JackerCon, uh, for uh, JackerCon fourteen. You can go to jackercon.com if you want to run a game or you want to play in a game. Mm-hmm. And again, that's from March seventeenth through April first, mm-hmm. and. They also have a Discord channel too. If you want to oh, join the okay. Jacker Corn, Jacker Corn, the JackerCon, the JackerCon uh, <laughs> Jacker uh, Discord server, which I'm sure there's a link somewhere on their website. 
possibly. I would think so. Yeah, I would think so. If not, it will probably be there by the time you look. And no. it's a very, it's a very, uh, it's a very fancy, fancy web page that they put up. Really? Yeah, someone knows how to like program and shit. Yeah. It looks better than the actual Happy Jacks page. Uh, I don't know if it looks better. It's it. It, More it, functional. It, it you could go in and register and then it's shockingly make, put games in and yeah for, for what you would expect you, wow. you, you go there and you're like oh this is gonna, gonna be like oh my god there's it's an actual web page that's amazing yeah. well, it, we should link the thing I, I, I believe it's it's probably DT Pines and he's stuck up in Alaska with no he did, he's not the one that made it All he's right. not the one that made the web page someone else made the web page uh, I can't remember who made it well well done whoever did so yep. he was really smart he's like it doesn't look better than our page because Kimmy makes our page and he'll get offended if I say it does but Michael it. Kent is the guy that developed it I don't know what his handle is on the forum oh, oh and Kurt Potts designed it hmm. so there you go well done uh, I wanted to talk about getting into character not just getting into character but really understanding who your character is I was talking to Gina after oh, it was some game, and uh, we had just played the vampire, the first vampire Dark Ages game, mm-hmm. and I'd mentioned to her that that's the first time I've walked in and sat down at a table and had a very clear idea of who my character is. Right. A lot of times, I don't know, for, it's different for different people, I assume, yeah. but a lot of times, regardless of how complicated the 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 character creation system is, or how much backstory it gives. Sometimes you don't really know who, what the personality of the character is. Totally, you know, right. you know totally. I mean? Sometimes it takes a couple of games to totally right. to figure it out, and you're floundering. And but in the in the um, vampire game, I sat down right away and I knew who this guy was. And and Gina had mentioned the same thing. She said, I had the exact same experience. I sat down and I knew exactly who my character was. Interesting. That's cool. And I'm trying to f- I'm trying to I'm racking my brain trying to figure out why that is because that would be if I could figure out what it is. That made, makes my understanding of that character different than the understanding of almost every other character I've ever played. Initially, it would make it so much easier to play good NPCs <laughs> because NPCs. I mean, you, you basically I mean, NPCs are way more thorough away than a PC. You got a PC, you're going to come up with his personality and all this stuff. You know, you're making some decisions you're going to have to live with for a while, yeah. right? Because you know, how do I, how does my character see the rest of the party, or how does my character deal with the politics of the world, or you know, all of these things? What does he think about mages and all this stuff? You're going to be in for the long haul with that. But for an NPC, eh, as GM, it doesn't really matter. I mean, that that NPC, you may make some some bizarre decisions about what his or her um, uh, outlook on life is. But you don't even have to live with it for a scene or two. You know, the recurring character might come back once in a while. Right. But it'd be really nice if you could actually have something, whatever that magic brass ring is, that allows you to, to you know, say, oh, that's this guy. Here's these notes. This is how I portray this character. This is who this character is so I can get my, my mind around who he is. So when he's reacting to the rest of the party... His reactions just just completely just flow out of me as oh no that this is how this guy would react because like when I'm playing Gregario the Gregarious Gangrel, mm-hmm. I know exactly what what he's I know and I, maybe this is a, a a clue into it. I know what his long term plans are. Mm-hmm. I know what he wants out of life and where you know what he thinks about mm-hmm. his station in life right now and what it should be in the future. Right. And maybe that's a part of it. Maybe that's part of where that comes from. Do but, you th- oh, sorry. Good. Uh, do you think that you would have 
been able to jump into that character as much before we played Mode of Sin. Do you think you're no, fami- you think your no. familiarity with setting, the universe set and knowing setting? well it's a different setting because right, it's medieval. Yeah, but it's the same. Like like Mode of Sin was very much okay. We're breaking all the rules of. The, the conservative traditional vampire. So you had to know the all those Camarilla. rules. Yeah, so before you broke them. There's no Camarilla in Dark Ages. It hasn't been oh. invented yet. Oh, okay. Well, right. that's amazing. <clears throat> There's a few little guidelines for vampires, mm-hmm. but it's not the... Nine traditions oh. or whatever. Yeah, there's it is. no enforcing mechanism. Oh. No, no. Uh-uh. You're, the enforcing mechanism is your sire. Yeah. That's it. Or cool. if your peers decide you're being a dick, they yeah. might come or, out or, after. Or, or the prince, you know, yeah. or peasants with pitchforks. It would, yeah, there's yeah, there's always that danger too, and that's probably the mm. scariest of lunch. <laughs> but um, what do you, like when you guys are either playing characters or? coming up with NPCs, what kind of stuff do you note about the characters? And what kind of stuff do you think helps you portray that character more realistically or makes them more of a person than just a card with a name on it and maybe some stats? Mm -hmm. It's really funny you bring this up today because I was driving home today in the rain. I'm stuck and I had this epiphany. Seriously, it just happened and then you got this topic. Uh, I was sitting here thinking about the difference between actors taking on a role and what we do taking on a role. Mm-hmm. Right? And, and we say that they're very similar. I, I often say that they're very similar. Pay. That's we pay. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> sort of. Here's, here's kind of the difference. An actor taking on a role, they have a script and there's lines and there's scenes and then what they have to do is they have to find a reason to be doing what they're doing and, and say those lines and give them importance. They have to find a reason to, to, or whatever it is, to make those lines. Sometimes it's just saying a line, but sometimes they actually have to find a way to say it that makes it sound important for them. And, and so there's sense. there's some sort of there's the, what, what they intellectual have, consistency within the well, character. Mm-hmm. Their character has an arc. Their character has a story, and they have to find a way in that story to make that important for them, so that they can deliver those lines with some uh, gravitas or import. Right. Whereas we have the opposite problem. We have a skeleton of a character with sort of disadds, some problems and stuff, and we actually have to find a thing to do. <coughs> or, or a motivation. So, uh, an actor's looking for a motivation to try to figure out how to justify their lines. We're trying to find... We have motivations, but we don't have lines. So we're trying to actually come up with things to do within that framework of our, our mistakes. It's, or, or our ads and disads. I, well, see, I, I had this so much better phrase <laughs> in my car ride home. For, it, for, it, for me... Uh, the mo- I think the motivation it is the stumbling block for me in a lot in a lot not in all cases but in a lot of cases it's the I mean, flaws. Well, Stu, when you when you make a character, do you sit down and figure out stats first, or do you think up the story of your character first? I very rarely play. I probably have only in the last five years probably made characters that I've personally played maybe three NPC or four or of PC. them. Well, P- NPCs. The first thing I'm thinking of is is what's their place in the story? Yeah. What what is this guy gonna do? Uh, then from that that informs what kind of stats I'll, I'll give them. But I look for what their what their function is, what what their intended function is in the game first. Or sometimes I'll just come up with an idea for a character. There's one NPC that's gonna show up in in the L5R game uh, who's a crab, and I wanted to make kind of an oddball crab. Who's still a crab, but is just a little different mm-hmm. than the regular crab. Way different than your character. Very yeah. suspicious. Right. But, um, and, and, and that, I don't really have a, 
place for him mm-hmm. in storyline, like in the continuity of what I think the story might be. He doesn't have a place for it, but he could. He could be helpful. I made him. I'm definitely going to introduce him to the party because I kind of like the concept behind him. <clears throat> and there again, that's one of the characters I think I will have an easy time portraying. Because mm-hmm. for, for whatever reason, I had a real firm idea of who that character was. But when I sat down and made Gregaire, I didn't. I knew I wanted to make a gangrel. And I wanted to make a gangrel from Scotland because I can't do any. Uh, Euro- I don't do European <laughs> accents very well. I mean, I can do a German accent, but it always turns into Russian, or if it's Russian, it turns into German. Um, I don't want to do a French accent because French accent. I did one in the. Well, it wasn't really French. No, that you was just Quebecois. Have to say, yeah. That was so fun. Well, you know, French. Right, but Sc- but Scottish is a fun accent, and I figured Scottish gangrel that goes together like dwarf and Scot. You know. Yeah. It does, but. I didn't really have a concept for him. I sort of built the character first, and then I kind of worked on his backstory a little bit. And it, it was kind of through the backstory that I kind of figured out who he is. That and the path I chose. Because that's one of the mechanics. Well, you played you played vampire. Yeah. Um, you have humanity. You have paths in in the modern In nights. modern, it's, it's, it's... The Sabbat have paths, and the Camarilla have humanity. Have humanity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. N- you, in in dark ages, every, there's roads and paths, and you pick a road. My road is humanity, and my path is path of the breath. Which uh, there again, I made a character who's kind of an oddball gangrel because the path of the breath. One of the tenets of it is you right. seek out the company of other people because having human contact helps maintain your humanity. Hmm. So, and, and you know, gangrels are very typically loners. I mean, it even says so. Says that I think in the numerous times in the twentieth anniversary. Numerous times. Uh, so I wanted to make someone who can't be a loner. It's against his mm-hmm. his 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 morality to be a loner, um, and that that pushed me, I think, into figuring out what he thinks about his lot in life and where he sees himself going. And I think that, and that to me. <clears throat> For portraying an NPC is the important part. It's not necessarily personality, but more worldview. Yeah. How? Because everyone sees the world a little differently. Yeah. And how he sees the world, for me at least, when I'm portraying the character and he's reacting to the other player characters, that to me is um, a more useful reference when trying to determine how he's going to react to what they're doing. Yeah. You know what's, I, what's interesting? Go ahead. No, I was going to say, uh, I actually had a, a bunch of fun when we were doing our L5R character creation with the 20 questions thing, because yeah. I find it very similar. Um, the well, that, first it, it, it begs a lot of those questions, yeah. too. It asks, Absolutely. what do you think about this? What do you think about this? Yeah, well, and I think it's really important when you're coming up with your PC to have, um, you know, you might develop some of it as you go. Things may change, but at least have that history and have what the next step is. Mm-hmm. Like, what is your character going to do before they get talked, you know, talked into going on this adventure? What would they be doing if you they weren't on this adventure? Because that really speaks to who they are. Right. So, and I think really like nailing that down. That that's one of the first, and that's one of the reasons I love coming up with characters like at the table with other people because then you can kind of riff off of each other and make connections and things like that. But I think that more than anything else informs what the PC is and why there's depth there. Because otherwise, if you make, you know, your character and you're just like, I don't know, you know, we always make fun of the, everybody's dead, I'm never going to do anything, I, I hate no it. Family. Yeah, yeah, I have no family. It's like, all right, if that's all you are, then that doesn't leave much to work with. That doesn't leave, like, 
the, you know, Batman is not interesting until he's got Alfred and Dick Grayson and other people he cares about around him. Um, so that's what makes these characters interesting. So coming up with that that little, even if it's not like a ton of past, a little bit of past and a little bit of future, which will probably not last very long because PC characters always go off the rails, um, really gives you know something to you to something to work with. Right. I I actually was going to say Stu that. Uh, in this in this last minute, and especially in the last year, <coughs> I've watched your NPCs take on amazing personalities. There was Calvin. Oh yeah, and there was uh, the the. Well, Calvin was just a chance to flirt with Jesse. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but but it's still you. Super I watched I watched you play two or three NPCs back to back, and you and you did the eye roll, and suddenly you were that guy. You know, I roll again, and then suddenly you're the next guy. Uh, yeah, well, no, you were like okay, uh, Calvin. Hi. Right. And then in the okay, uh, uh, um, uh, who was the guy that was uh, the drug addicted vampire that was living in the asylum? Um, right. He, and then you were like, uh, and suddenly you took them on too. Yeah. You've had a lot more practice recently. Darren Crossgrave. Yes. Crossgrave, so yes. You've had, and I've watched you switch back and forth between NPCs because we put you in positions where you actually you weren't talking to yourself, but you had to play multiple NPCs. And I watched you switch, and you didn't waver. You somehow made a note to yourself about what NPC would have what, and you were juggling. I'm going to say. 11 NPCs? Yeah. 10 to 11 NPCs. And you uh, kept like, them that all would show separate. up regularly? Yeah, maybe. And you maybe, kept them all separate. Maybe and you really flexed a muscle. So I, I'm thinking that part of this might actually be that you've gotten really good at maybe exploring new personalities. The other thing, you're kind of a contrarian, so it's like, I'm not going to play the loner gangrel. I'm going to play a gregarious gangrel. Right. <laughs> but I, I think that you have gotten more comfortable. Especially in Vampire, because you, you're really familiar with the backstory, with the history, with the motivations of the clans. Most that listeners would you disagree. You can play around it. <laughs> <laughs> but, 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 by, but by being aware of all of that stuff, you are now able to break the rules or at least flex them and play around. Right. I think we're all at a disadvantage when we start a game because we don't really know. So we, so we latch onto something and we hold onto it. And then you re- as the game goes by, I don't know, with El Favar, uh, with Masashi, I'm like... Man, I maybe should have made better choices early on. Um, well, you didn't yeah, make your ca- didn't remember know. the characters. Those, those original characters were pre-gen. You that guys were screwed because I made all the characters. That was just the box of stats. We still, in you know, in, imbued right. them with yeah, personality. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And I, I think that because that didn't really exist. Well, I, there there was a twenty-one question thing. I think in yeah in fourth edition, but I don't think we did it. No, we didn't because we were like I didn't expect to live past like the second the, or third. Right. Thing, yeah. I really didn't. I think, um, too, one of the things that Stork's kind of keying on is, and one of the reasons, at least for me and Stork said earlier, um, you know, as you get to know the character, I think one of the things that happens and that you had with those NPCs is that you start to get the voice and you start to get the mannerisms of the character. So when you first sit down at the table, um, I usually try to, like, pick, like, a voice before I come sit down, but it takes a little while for it to really settle in. Um, I know with Interpol X recently, I'm doing like the Russian accent thing, which I'd done like for emails and right. stuff before. But like the first session, I was kind of like, okay, I know the accent, but what is like, what is her, you know, cadence? What is, how does she reply to things? Is she sarcastic? Is she, you know, just bone dry? Does she not get jokes? You know, it's like you start to get to know these things so that you then can more easily and more readily reply in that character's voice. Because right. I saw Calvin evolve, and he was just an NPC. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you start getting those things, like you get your shtick where you're flirting with Jesse all the time, and mm-hmm. you, you know, or you get the good news, or whatever it is that that's that character's that thing. Yeah, exactly. That lets you snap into that. Isn't that kind of superficial, though? No. 
Well, it isn't because it's something oh, to hold on to when you yeah. start. Go ahead. Well, uh, I don't know if you guys are Babylon Five fans, but um, I, I saw all but most of the last season. So Londo <laughs> Malari was one of the main characters. The Be it you in, in something <laughs> in Assassin of Joy. Yeah. And I saw a great interview with Peter Jurassic, the actor who played him, who said that he had the hardest time getting into character as Londo until he realized that his way in was to yell at Garibaldi. <laughs> and so he would put the costume on and be ready, and then he would go Garibaldi, and then he had it, and he was in, you know, and and that put him in the, the not just the 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 voice, but the mindset. Mm-hmm. Right? And so, although it can be, it's a superficial step, no. but it leads to a more three dimensional character. No, that's totally an acting thing. Yeah. I mean, I, but that, that's like I'm, like I'm saying, actors are starting with a disadvantage because they already know the character arc. They actually have to find motivations for what the script says they're doing. We as role players have the opposite problem. We have, we get kleptomaniac, paranoid, schizophrenic, and then we have to then within that box now come up with motivations right. that now we have to live with. Right. It, it, it's a blessing and a curse, but we ended up with a broader thing. But we actually have to find things and ways to say it, as opposed to actors which already know what they're going to say. They have to find a reason for saying what they're saying, right. Right. and we don't have a director sitting there giving us feedback right. to make it better. Basically. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you're the, you're the writer and the actor at, yeah. the same, at the same time, and the director. I think I think the key that you kind of touched on, and, and the, the, I guess really what I'm trying to express is when you are playing in a role playing game, you need to be able to have the courage and the confidence to to explore the flaws in your character. Mm-hmm. And and you explore them with with uh, uh, Calvin. Yeah, you explore them with a bunch of the other NPCs, and now you're exploring this. Flawed gangrel. I mean, a gregarious gangrel isn't going to live very long because he's going to say the wrong thing at some point, or the rest of the gangrels are going to go. Well, he's not an idiot. Yeah, well, no, he's not an idiot. No, but well, he's, he's going to put himself in a position. He's not actually intelligent. His intelligence <laughs> is actually quite low. But um, maybe but, he'll make a bunch of friends and be safer than all the other. Gangrels. But he's he's also he's from a feudal society. I think that's one of the things about dark ages compared to modern knights. In dark ages. There's a feudal society, mm-hmm. and there's a vampire feudal society. You go from one to the other. You understand what the pecking order is, and you understand the importance of the pecking That's order, true. and you understand the repercussions if you decide to go against the pecking order. In, in many ways, the, the feudal society still exists in the modern vampire. But it does. But archaic, but we from but modern people when, don't when get modern, it. Right. When modern dude yeah. gets turned into a vampire and thrown into this feudal situation, exactly. it's like... Yep. Yep. What do you mean I have to do everything you say? <laughs> yeah. This but what about You're my constitutional class. rights? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like class structure. You had, you had that. So, I mean, it, 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 for, the, for that particular character, like your, like your, your, your game, my role, game in role. my game, yeah. he had, a, he had a, a lot of trouble yeah. because he, he was not brought up in a feudal society. He was a porn star in the, in the valley. <laughs> in the 70s. In the 70s. Yeah. Where he could just do whatever he wanted. Free love, right? Fuck it, fuck it. Probably used to fly to New York and go to Studio 54 all the time. It did whatever he wanted, shagged <laughs> right. whatever he wanted, no consequences. And now suddenly there's all these rules. And there's right? deference to these people, and these people are above your station. You know my character better than right. I did. Why didn't you tell me that when I started? <laughs> it would have helped so much. But Stork, you're supposed to play a character, not yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing free about my love. But I, think, I, I also think that's something that develops. Like I think, given a separate set of circumstances, starting that first day, if things had gone differently, yeah. a lot of things could have been different with Albert and his eventual story. Because I think that's something that you kind of discovered about him is that he, like, while he had like a rebellious nature and stuff like that, I think the the kind of uh, 
rebellious nature against, you know, uh, Adrian and stuff is something that developed because of their personality clash. If it had been, you know, a very alpha, straightforward, um, you know, uh, prince that you related to in a different way as characters, I think that could have got, gone very differently. And and that was that was kind of the thing it's do set up originally, which is like you guys are all fairly new at this. Yeah. You don't know what you're doing, which gave us kind of a, let us all off the hook because as we played the game, we all got started reading stuff and went to the wikis, <laughs> and eventually we're like. Oh, oh, <laughs> oh! That's that's what we're supposed to be doing. Oh, <laughs> but but Stu gave us that. Uh, the, the characters were were basically clueless, mm-hmm. stupid vampires that we just don't really right. really newly embraced. Yeah, um, we played it. Not knowing that, you know, mm-hmm. I guess a good director would say, "Well, you know, you're a young actress, so you get to play innocence really well because that's what you are." Yeah, uh, I I I contend that Albert, if you were going to talk about characters, w- uh, would have been a jerk. For for most of everything anyway, because as Stu said, he was he was brought up in a completely different age and was stuck in it. He was he's and and he had problems to begin with. He was Arrested Development. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was a seventeen year old guy from the seventies stuck in that. See, I feel like if Sebastian had been his prince, no, that would have been totally different. But yeah. him and Adrian were just so different. They were like polar opposites of the spectrum. But we're not. This isn't about that. Was, no, no, no. This is more about Stu's character, right? But no, it, no, 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 no. It's no, about it's character about, development. Yeah. yeah. So it, I think that's an important point. And I know for a fact, like when I played Layla, um, I could not have played Layla when we first started playing Vampire. Oh no, you didn't know enough about the right, setting, yeah. right? And I mean, I didn't know everything about the setting, but just I think. I think your familiarity with the system and the familiarity with the culture of the, you know, re- people in the system, whether that's, you know, something the GM has created or whether it's like an actual setting book for D&D or something like that, I think that can profoundly influence how your characters develop. Right. And a game like L5R and a game like um, um, Vampire and Werewolf to a certain extent, you are encouraged to explore the brokenness of your character. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know a lot of role playing games that do that. Well, but story is there. story is conflict, right? And yes. and so when you put a disadvantage on your character sheet, you're essentially signaling the GM, this is the conflict I'm going to have. Yes. So that's basically that's but the story absolutely. I want to have. But D&D doesn't do that. Which is really one of the failings of D&D, I think. And request well, and I mean D&D doesn't like put it in there mechanically. Right. But I would also argue that L- old L5R didn't put it in there mechanically. Like the new L5R beta, like yeah, you're you know, we've got the new things where you kind of I don't remember. Did it? Did it ha- they have disadvantages oh, in yeah. fourth? I thought it did. Yeah, but in I mean, it's first not, edition they had it. But like, it's not like mechanically put in there. Yeah, like it is. is it? Yeah, oh, maybe yeah. I just don't remember. You get extra it. points at character creation. I think by so. Taking disadvantages. I don't actually don't want them. Right, but I mean, I mean, like, like when you're rolling the dice, like the new beta system, you actually have like you start getting strife and stuff like that as Uh-oh. you go. Yeah, they got. They're, they're, I wasn't clear about the mechanics. The dice mechanics are bleeding. Are bleeding into role. No, no, no. It's okay. Don't apologize. I wasn't clear. Which some people like and some people don't. That, right. that might be a whole other topic, but I, I actually have a problem topic. with that myself. <laughs> yeah. But, well, I, yeah, go yeah. Right. But, well, I mean, and, and then a whole other kind of discussion where you're like, okay, like, I would take disadvantages, like, I take it disadvantages and create disadvantages for my characters in D&D, despite not getting extra points. Like, that, then, right. like, yeah. do you, should you have to be kind of bribed by adding disadvantages? So well, I mean, that's that right, Interesting almost. role-playing opportunities to get more points? If that's the people that at, that are at the table want to play that kind of game, yeah. then no, you don't. Right. But if you go to a random convention game and right. sit down with your, yeah. you know, deeply flawed sorcerer <laughs> who, who changes who he is from minute to minute, that's what character. Moment. Bill Roper, <laughs> uh, and and you know you didn't take any of the utility spells right. because you wanted to play a cool character. Yeah, 
and then you just do a dungeon crawl with a bunch of grognards who want to roll <laughs> dice. And don't get me wrong, there is a time and a place for just doing a dungeon absolutely. crawl with rolling sure. dice. Yes. Sure. Love it. It could be tons of fun. But those those things will conflict. Absolutely, absolutely yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Your social is going to walk down the wrong hallway. Yeah. That's right. And, and, and it's going to jeopardize Stupid the entire ass. party. Right. <laughs> All right. And then you move to That's an oddly specific example because that was the character I was playing and the rest were grog. Okay. I, we were not. <laughs> that, that was my first fifth edition character. 100% not. Uh, Relative Depod brought, okay. brought up something interesting. Uh, sadly, there are also those people who will choose flaws based on the most points slash lowest drawback. <laughs> right, sure. yeah. And that just yeah. remind... The, the what what is is the Steve Jackson quote from GURPS? If it's if a disadvantage is not a disadvantage, it's not a disadvantage. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. Yes, <laughs> it's very Yogi Berra. I actually I, I love that game so much because uh, when I, the the old old fourth edition game that we didn't record, nobody's ever heard it. Which, it like got us all back. Oh, into the DD fourth edition yeah. game. Yeah, like, I mean, it was crazy. A, lo- a big learning curve for everybody involved. Eleven all players. Eleven players playing fourth, fourth edition. edition. You ever play fourth? Oh God! Yeah. Right. Yeah. The we longest combat ever. We had no idea. Until, oh. until combat ensued, and then Stu is like, <sighs> he's got ch- chips, food, everything. Here we go. Yeah. yeah. Oh, God. Oh, we, God. I mean, we learned. An old man yeah. and, and almost playing until dawn. Right? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it what the long. hell? And we, but, had, we had some WoW players yeah. in there, too, so they, they were just. And they just totally the picked it up. Oh, yeah. Totally picked that it up, though, because, I mean, it's built. Fourth edition was perfect for that. Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of people. Great gateway in. drug for role playing games for. 100%. For. Uh, until for a while, but yeah, if, you're, yeah, if you're an MMORPG player, D and D fourth edition is basically that at a table. It it's, was, yeah, it yeah. was, yeah. It's a, it's the By engine design. of it. Yeah. By design, yeah. yeah, it was until your sorcerer walks down the wrong hallway because all the rest of the people <laughs> no that, playing, playing that happens in WoW too because that's when all the people are screaming at you and you get kicked right. out of the guild and right. <laughs> Leroy <laughs> Jenkins. <laughs> all right, but the rest of us were not like all min maxi perfect characters. I'm just gonna say, just right. you. No, I wasn't. I may remember because the Raven Queen book wasn't out yet, and I played like a uh, cleric of the Raven Queen. So I actually like wrote my own splat book on the Raven Queen, which I never read. I know. <laughs> I realized that like third game that I sent you like eight pages of this amazing like whole theology of this goddess, and then like six months later they came out with the actual one, and I hated the that, real one. That's funny because my fourth edition character. Yeah. Was a halfling assassin who viewed himself as an acolyte of the Raven Queen, despite that. being told by the clerics of the Raven Queen that he definitely was not. Was <laughs> <laughs> so he like, randomly <laughs> killing people in the name of the Raven Queen? Well, okay. So, uh, I'm going to talk about my character. Do yeah. it. <laughs> so, the halflings were in this big caravan, right? And in, in this world. And if you fell behind, you died, mm-hmm. right? So he was part of like the, the trail of tears. Yeah, well, yeah, except you know, like with a little little Romani mixed in, you know, and they're halflings. All right. Uh, and and so he would he followed the 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 caravan and gave mercy killings to the people who fell behind. Yeah. <laughs> <coughs> nice. That's dark. That's dark. See, I, I but, but he thought he was doing a great and right. wonderful service. Yeah. Right. You know, they died with dignity as opposed to and went to the Ravens starving to death. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Or dying of dehydration right. or yeah. being picked off yeah. by it's wolves. It's like Oregon Trail mm-hmm. meets D and D. Right. <laughs> 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 yeah, I pictured her totally as like like sort of a Wiccan shaman mix, where it was like maiden mother crone, and it was like the the crone path is kind mm-hmm. of like what I like. She wasn't the maiden mother, but she was like the crone aspect of it in my stuff, and I was really I loved it so much. And we all know that so girl. much. I know. Yeah. I was totally like the goth girl who was like, no, I I can't heal him because 
if it's willed so. <laughs> you actually, <laughs> you actually had a really good spin on death. You yeah, were like, I love death that. is natural. Death is normal. Yeah. Death is not something to be feared. It's something to be embraced. embraced but, well, but, but not sought out. But but yeah. when it happens, I mean, and you had this whole. You really did have an interesting philosophy because you were cool. like, you're, you're 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 aren't you a servant of the Raven Queen? Of course, but death comes to us all. Yeah, it's a this part of nature, this, as birth and death. And yeah, the, it was a whole thing. It was and really healthy. Up, the, and it was just so <laughs> happy and so like one-dimensional for the Raven Queen, and I was so angry. And I was like, we're not doing that! It doesn't exist in our game! And then we switched to GURPS, is it we switched to? No, Hero. No, we hero, to and hero for oh, like one or two one sessions, day. and then GURPS. And, and then it died. And then wait, died. so wait, you you translated the same characters yeah. into Tried. different systems. Yeah. It's very different. Do you, do you hate yourselves? Well, because because <laughs> four combat's got so long. Yeah. Four, he was. I thought broken. we'd get shorter in hero. hero. <laughs> that didn't happen. Well, the problem the problem is some of the characters got built uh, <laughs> in ways that um, were in completely because yeah. I basically my role in building a character when I'm the GM. In hero is don't have any power that changes your move because that's gonna because I there's a lot of game prep I have to do with move because you know how the initiative works in that yeah, game yeah yeah <coughs> it's like Starfleet battles but a smaller chart like the impulses right um so I would read I, I would like okay here's the combat encounters I've got planned and I have you know a bunch of extras and I would build like a spreadsheet for each one that had Round one, these people go. Round two, these people go. Round three, right? All the way to round 12. Which is a good <coughs> hero because it can get complicated. Right, yeah. But then the it got sprung on me that one of the characters had a buff power that would give, like, plus two to everyone's speed within a certain distance. Uh. And I'm like... <laughs> <sighs> well, I remember your face. Just, I was like, like the first combat and that person was explaining and you're just like... It amazes my face me. looks really disappointed and upset for anyone listening right. on the podcast. It, 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 it amazes me that that we could play that game, Hero System, run that game, no problem, and yet I failed calculus in college. So, <laughs> so <laughs> it's about dedication and interest. Exactly. <laughs> I actually I had a D. I think I had a D. Oh. But yeah, yeah, yeah I calculus. Mm. I didn't really fail, but bounced me out. And Stu's intentions were correct because you know Forty was clearly broken at that point. So oh, he's yeah. like, "Well, let's try." We start getting up to like eighth level or something. And it's like, and it's you guys are high level characters. So let's make it a superhero game. And well, it's not really superheroes, but, but at that point we were because we were like tenth level or something crazy and had all the powers. Maybe eighth. You were up. You were starting I think to get we up. We were there. like eight. Yeah, something. You're like getting. That. You're starting I have the to get. Cr- up there. The character sheet somewhere. I still have the giant book I wrote too. So if anyone wants to play a really cool take on the Raven Queen. Maybe you can read it instead of since student. Nobody's ever read it. No one's ever really. read it. Reddit it. But um, I should totally put it on Reddit. But, see what I wanted. Yes. What I wanted to do was take character concepts <laughs> and translate them into another system, yeah. not the mechanics, yeah, and yeah. translate them into another system. And what yeah. happened was some of the characters, the mechanics got duplicated from Fourth Edition D anD D into Hero, mm-hmm. which was not what my intention was. And, when we and moved it to GURPS. I had a pro build my character, and he clearly built it broken, or uh, maybe maximized anyway. Well, yeah. yeah. But and then when we did it in GURPS, it lasted a few sessions in GURPS. Yeah. Because I, I can run GURPS fast, mm-hmm. and GURPS is pretty deadly. I mean, combats aren't going to last for a very, very, very long time. But um, but some some of the players were like, "Well, I used to have this power. I don't have this power anymore." So, well, they don't really have that in the magic system. Yeah. Deal. So I gave you th- this combination of spells, and you can. You're doing something similar because that was mine. No, it was. Uh, oh, mine was Linnaeus, like that too. Linnaeus like I had character. very different powers. They still worked with like my character concept, but they were very different. 
Linnea built a controller. Yeah. Um, was it Me? Warlock? Warlock, yeah. I don't. Were Warlocks a- controllers and forth? I don't remember. I believe so because they but were. It was, the but same. it had all kinds of stuff to be able to like slow down. Yeah. Bad guys and stuff like that. I think because so- she built it, think because in WoW she plays Warlock, and I think she thought it would be a DPSy character and it ended up being a controller character. So it took her a little while, right. if I'm remembering correctly. Right. Yeah. So I, I, I tried to give her spells. It's like like Tangle Foot and things like that that would get, have a similar to effect to the stuff that she was doing. Yeah. But, yeah. And plus 11 players is too many. We should go on to the emails. What do you want to read? Since you're a guest, you want to read the first email? Okay, okay. okay. Skype I gaming help from Bobby though. in Belgium, was, huh? I like that discussion. Yeah. And, yeah. Go us. Okay. Uh, dear Stu and Co., long-time listener, first-time writer. Thanks for doing what you do. Now take a well-earned drink. Huzzah! Thank you for writing. Yeah. Belgium really is the capital of excellent drink, by the way. <laughs> Uh, my question is this. What? I don't believe you. They should send us beer to prove it. You're right. Yeah. And chocolate and french fries. Chocolate. Chocolate. <laughs> um, is there Belgium? Are they belch fries? Yes. There is no... We have enough There belching. is no shortening for Belgium, is there? I think Monty Python went on this. It's like, you know, the yeah. French. Or but Big the fat Belgium bleeding just, Brussels, yep. Yeah. Let's just call them the belch. The sprouts. Mm, we we well, the problem is, are they are they Flemish or are they uh, Walloon? I'm vetoing so. like more Belgian. I can solve okay. this. Gotcha. <laughs> All right. Continue uh, reading. What tips and ideas do you have for running a session via Skype? Some background: I'm originally from England, but now live in Belgium. Last year, some old school friends flew over to visit, and I managed to get them hooked on Pathfinder. In Ooh. fact, this was my first GMing experience, and it was your podcast that helped me to get it done. So, Yay! thanks again. Nice. <clears throat> We've since met up at Christmas for a second session and now plan to run a third session remotely. Mm-hmm. My three friends will be in one room in England and I'll be GMing for them via Skype. As we only play about twice a year, I aim to run our sessions in a convention-like style to have a relatively linear story <coughs> and to have an interesting set piece towards the climax. Climax. <laughs> one of my friends has a projector so I can make full use of the screen where appropriate. Nice. I'm keen to run the session Theater of the Mind style with a few visual prompts my current plan is to have a world map and zoom in, draw on it to show their progress as they travel from one city to another. So I'm looking for fun encounter ideas and a nice set piece for the climax of the session. An idea I think might work well would be to travel to a besieged city, find a way to sneak in, retrieve a MacGuffin, then try to escape while an army storms the city. Alternative ideas and or suggestions to flesh out this idea would be extremely welcome. Thanks again, Bobby from Belgium. P.S. Don't worry if you don't get to it this in time. I'm sure any pointers you could give would be very helpful for future sessions. <laughs> P.P.S. In case it comes up, I've looked into using Roll20 and similar systems, but for whatever reason, it doesn't quite work for me, so the plan is to stick with Skype, at least for now. P.P.P.S. Drink! Drink! Huzzah! I, I had Excellent. an epiphany not too long ago. Another one. Another one. You have um, Driving or peeing? Uh, I might have been peeing. Because okay. you can come up with good ones when you're peeing. He takes a oh, while. Yes. Uh, and I was, at, yeah, it's like 20 minutes. <laughs> he gets them um, all fleshed out and there's notes on the wall and yeah, everything. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> uh, it, it occurred to me that uh, um, oftentimes we set combats in the most boring places. The town square. An inn. A tavern. A rooftop. Why don't we just have a little bit more creativity and put it, yes, like, in the dockyards, in the cargo hold. How about, how about, uh, in in the in the the transportation uh, 
st- uh, yard, stockyard, where, where they were, or or like maybe maybe in the middle of the stables. Uh, put it someplace slightly unique okay. and interesting, yeah. where people can use the environment and the environment can interact with them. Mm-hmm. And it's also an interesting place where they can uh, maybe have different. A warehouse is boring. Why don't you put it in a university auditorium? Same kind of dynamics. I think it depends on what time in your life you are. It, to it, this, yeah, it does. <laughs> it does. I, I'm not. I'm, I'm <coughs> looking. It was just off the top of my head. All right, but, but but perhaps um, you could put it in a, a coliseum, an empty coliseum, or a stadium. As a warehouse to of explosives. Warehouse. Explosives is not boring. No, it's boring. We've been there. We've seen that happen in all the Marvel okay. movies and oh. and you know many 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 times before. But put it in a subterranean parking garage. It, it, or or. Find something unique, just a little bit of a twist, so that it allows your players to. First of all, the, the environment's different and unique. It's not just a rooftop. It's not just the middle of the street. There might be things that they could utilize, and it it keeps it fresh for everybody. It's like, oh my god, we're in a completely different world, a completely different idea. How do I utilize what we've got here? Well, the, oh, go ahead. Uh, Pathfinder doesn't do it, but D and D Fifth Edition does, where there's officially rules for like monster lair encounters mm. where the yeah. monsters get uh, extra powers because th- they're in their lair. So, I mean, <laughs> b- building on your idea, throw in some encounter powers that the baddies can use, but the good guys can use too once they figure it out. That's right. That's, I, uh, yeah. Especially since you're playing Pathfinder, yeah. I think the challenge with that... Um, fifth edition. Not, uh, not the challenge with fifth edition, fifth edition, but the challenge with having it in not kind of traditional places for an online game specifically is that it is going to be theater of the mind. And um, when Frey and I ran our uh, first Wild Towns game ages ago, um, even though it took place in a high school, we realized about halfway through the game, it was a con game, that everyone was picturing their high school. Oh, sure. when we were describing, and I know I've told this story before, you know, when we were describing, okay, you run out to the football field, everyone had a different way in their minds. Some people were passing the pool, some people were passing the gym or the theater department. Like, it makes it very different. So... Like, when you are thinking of those places, uh, you need to, like, it sounds like you have, like, a projection thing set up, which I love because I'm a teacher and projectors are great. Um, Have a map. Yeah, have the map there. Um, Really make sure that that stuff is easily seen, like, what it is. So if you are having it in a little bit different place, make sure that all those things are on your picture that they can see or that they have a printed out copy, too, that they can really look at so they know what they're working with. I'll never forget running um, a... a, uh, Savage Worlds, we were doing a a freak show, Mm -hmm. and it was taking place in a vineyard. Mm-hmm. A, a, an old vineyard, so all the wines are all withered and everything, and it's like, and so everybody had this picture of a vineyard, and, and Bill from says, "Can you, can you give us a map or, or at least some terrain?" And I thought that that phrase, "Just give us some terrain," was really an epiphany for me. And I'm like, "Oh yeah," because they want to know where they stand, they want to know what they can hide behind, they want to know what they have to work with. Yeah, that's a fair, fair thing. So it's cool to have it in a vineyard. But don't not give them a map afterwards, too. Right. Give them so that they know where they stand, so they know what they're working with, so they know their, their boundaries. Yeah. Now, I, I got these notes a, f- a couple days ago, and so I was thinking about this for Bobby. <gasps> you did the homework? I did the homework. You did. And uh, so, Bobby, here's, here's what I thought of for you. Get one of your buddies who's going to be in the room to be a shill. Uh, you know, like n- not necessarily give away a whole lot of secrets information to him, but have him carry like a, a recorder or a laptop or something that he can trigger sound effects in the room without the other characters knowing that he's up to it. Or, you know, I mean... Yeah, text him and say, play number one. Yeah, exactly. Right. Or like, God forbid you get like a fog maker or something <laughs> like that, you know? Like, and like anything that can put you atmospherically in the room without the players expecting it would be, I think, the tits. But yeah. Yeah. 
the one thing is, since, since he's playing theater, very theater of the mind, um, I would almost wonder since he went to school with all these people, they probably are very familiar with the school. Yeah, mm-hmm. well, good, very and, good point. Uh, area, areas in the hometown. Yep. So he might be able to say, "Okay, you're in a you're in a tavern, and the tavern is sort of laid out by such and such pub just down the street from." From this, yeah, the Winchester, so, and all the Winchester. right, the Winchester, <laughs> and so all of them in their heads are in this in that now place because they all have that have that common experience. That's 100%. like that's like when we ran the the uh, Dead Rain game. We yeah. set it in Los Angeles. It's yeah. like okay, you're going down the 60 freeway. You're passing the the, yeah. the whatever mining company, and it's really helpful to everyone but me. Right. Well, yeah, you're from you're from. No, from, it's because I'm talking. the person who's lived in LA for years, and I still use my Google to go everywhere. Just, that's how I am. I right. don't. Have, I have terrible directions. All right. Oh yeah. All right. So your Ghostbusters game that took place in Disneyland, and we all that, knew that right. I knew. I could like <laughs> describe exactly. You actually, yeah, you actually, I well, actually, you at many knew. points, right. yeah. especially when you were going through the haunted mansion and you had like the, the, the ghosts. The things in the, wrong in the order. order. Right. So that's funny. I ran a Harry <laughs> Dresden game in, in Disneyland. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. What did you use for? Did you use the Dresden Files? Yeah. Game? It was when the when, when the first oh. edition rules came out, mm-hmm. which turned out to be. Incredibly clunky, mm-hmm. and uh, I have a friend who might be listening to this. Max, shout out to you, <laughs> who absolutely loves that the the fate system. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm not a fan. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm playing it tomorrow and for the first time. There's oh, a yeah? one shot tomorrow. Oh. Watch it, 4 p.m. Okay. 4 p.m. Yeah, I had to bow out. I have to work. Yeah, I'll be in there mixing and editing. Yep, yeah. all weekend. All so, right, is that it for, uh, for well, Bobby? Go ahead. These are all really, really good things. I mean, but the bottom line is you also are confined by your technology. You need to be able to figure out something that you can do that you're comfortable with. Mm-hmm. I mean, the maps and all the stuff and the prep is really, really cool. Uh, but also don't get too caught up in me railroading your characters. If you come up with a map of your vineyard and map the whole entire thing out and then they make a left turn and you don't get to it, mm-hmm. you're stuck with all that prep that you're never going to be able to present. Yeah, I, I think there's a balance that you need to be careful with, which is... Over prepping and making sure that you have that, that really wonderful set piece, and not being flexible enough to go with where your player choices. Yeah. Well, and and he's got the, this this idea right in there. He's got the the MacGuffin, right? Yep. The thing they need. Well, Bobby gets to decide where that MacGuffin is, and so whatever left turns the the, the players take, they're probably going to end up there at some point. You, if you're if you're a good GM, you can always steer <laughs> it back to the MacGuffin. I mean, you guys are holding the MacGuffin. The people are, but. I, I, I worry, especially because you, you're working on these presentational pieces, that you're not going to get the bang that you think you might. Mm-hmm. I guess what I'm saying is be prepared to be disappointed <laughs> or that all your prep might not be as uh, appreciated as you thought. It's. I'm not saying that it won't. I, I'm really hoping he, well, that your reveal will be awesome. I'm, but it's, you're, you, but are, you, are, you are setting up a multimedia event. That may or may not come off the way you and, and lay the seeds for your future encounters yes. in this one. Fair enough. Yeah, and well, let, the guy's got six months to prep. He's going to over prep. Yeah, no GM is not going to over prep. Yeah, <laughs> game six months. every twi- was it twice a year? He said. Yeah, is how often yep. they play. Yeah, so he's going to over prep. Yeah, he could it's be fine. like me. <laughs> I've got like six months until the next convention, and the day and before, the day before, I'm like, God, now I have a good idea, and then yeah. Well, Shit, I need to take my printer to the hotel. <laughs> Here's a way you can control that, and it's what we do at, uh, at Con Games, is it make uh, a set of scenes. Make like six or seven or eight or nine scenes. Uh, and what we mean by that, and we've talked about it before, which is here's a scene that takes place in the vineyard with a bunch of wolves, right? And, that, and, 
And here's another scene that takes place in a castle, and you have to get in, and you have to talk to the guards. And here's a scene that takes place in the castle, and you can you can you can pull one out if things are going wrong, or you can shorten it if they don't if they're not getting the clues or whatever. But you make it a series of scenes, and that way you have a bit of control over the overarching story. You can get to where you're going, yeah. and you can pull them out and shorten them and elongate them as you wish. But make that way you as a GM you can you can. Work on each one of those scenes and leave them kind of open-ended for the characters to mess around in them. And you can pull the scenes out and put them in as you go. Yeah. That's the, really the only advice I can have. If, if you because you have all, so you have six months, <laughs> and this is the it's the only way that you can shape the the game that I think you're going for. But but with with only one night to play, right? Yeah, you, you got to right. bear in mind that. Right. Everything your players do is going to take ten times longer than you think. It right, will. you have six months to prep, and they have yeah. eight yeah. hours. And you know, I've, I've GM'd a couple online games, and I've also played in a couple online games. That's a good um, I think one of the things, I mean, at least from my perspective, maybe your players are totally different. Having played an online D and D game, um, cool concept. I enjoyed, and this is also just kind of the player am, but the the more thought-provoking, like, interaction-y, like, social aspects of the game a lot more than the combat. And I that's my natural inclination with, with all role-playing games, but I found that was doubly true online, both as a GM and as a player, because it is kind of hard to keep track of combat, even if you're projecting the map, even if it's all there. It's hard to really kind of lock into what's happening if everyone's just kind of, like, describing it and there's not, like, that tactile thing. That could just be me. But, um... I also kind of found that, you know, when I GM games online, which hasn't happened a lot, but uh, when it has, um, my players have also kind of preferred the, like, discussion and, like, more cerebral challenges rather than just, like, the fighty-fighty piece. Mm -hmm. And and also, sort of bouncing back to what we talked about earlier, make sure that your NPCs have a distinct voice. Mm -hmm. Because you're just going to be a voice over Skype or, or maybe video. So you yeah, know, you're going to be a little picture on a screen. So even big, e- e- yeah. all your elaborate mannerisms, right. you might be lost. Yeah. yeah. So you know, ridiculous accents, whatever. Lay it on thick, but right. you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Happy New Year from the Reverend Doctor Johnson. I will read this one. Okay. Douche Bagginses. Mm-hmm. Reference, love it. Okay. I'll keep this short. I enjoy your podcast and actual plays more than a grown man should. With time, I'm not sure what that means, but I've I do. To- <laughs> <laughs> I'm, a I'm just gonna like, like, just choose to not think about. It. Okay, <laughs> I've grown to realize that wasn't what I was thinking of at all. <laughs> I have a dirty mind. Can we? Can we? Can we just all say, yeah? I need to grow up. <laughs> With time, I've grown to realize that a large part of my enjoyment is the people who do the show. Most important of all, you include uh, and showcase women gamers, perhaps more than any other non-women-centered podcast. Bravo to the podcast. And thank you to all the women who take part. I'm glad I read this one. I didn't know. I didn't mm-hmm. do the homework, so I didn't know what was coming up. <laughs> I love the mode of Saint AP. Really sad to see it end, but three years is a long, long time and a uh, good long run. Never did find out where Scully went, and do not refer me to the forum, please. What happened to him? You're going to have to go to the forum. Everyone wrote a, a postscript, and they're yeah. all there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And is that is that public? Can people see that, or do they have to register? I think to they see can it? see it without registering. So I think it, it's not you can you can't comment without registering, but I think you can go read it without registering. Yeah, they're under the AP, and it's actually under ended. You go to the the actual play forum or mm-hmm. sub forum, and then in there there is a 
subcategory called ended games, and it's in there. Now. Yeah, it's not. It's in not real life. Part. Tim had actual stuff, <clears> and <throat> he chose the high road, and actually went to go support his family and stuff. And then so he basically wrote a coda for Scully, and he wrote it in the format. And, that, and, and in fact, we never even talked about it. We were just like, well, because in game Scully died. And we weren't even sure. No, no back. Did I never die. said that. Well, we don't really know. Yeah, that's we just true. knew that's he true. disappeared. Just disappeared. So some characters assumed he had betrayed us. Some characters assumed that he so died. I actually had, I actually had not lengthy, but but yeah, kind of lengthy uh, slack conversations with Tim about where, where do you think your what you, what your character do? I'm going to kind of leave it open for the party, but what just and then as we got near the end and we're doing the postscripts, I'm like, okay, here's what happened in the last session. And here's what I'm thinking your character may have done because here's Calvin's postscript. I'll show it to you before I publish it. So you know, and then we kind of. Yeah. My, my the, the cracks of the biscuit for me was that I had no idea Tim was going to post anything at all. Yeah. So he, Stu said, everybody write a postscript, and they go on there to post something, and there's Tim having posted it, and his so great. his post was as much a surprise to me. I think it was it will be to everyone else. Yeah. Five, five points to Gryffindor for the Frank Zappa reference, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Right? Nice. Right? You're the only one that gets it. I say crux of the biscuit, and they all look at me funny. The crux of the biscuit, as my dog said to me, <laughs> right? Is the apostrophe <laughs> That's right? I still don't know what they're talking about. But anyway, if you also if you join our Discord, I bet someone there will probably tell you. Or if you join the chat during our Twitch streams, I bet someone there will tell you what happened. If you really really don't want to go to the the forum is actually a pretty good place, and you can just go. In, if you go into that, especially that the. I'm trying to get him to join the Discord and the chat. Oh, I'm trying to get him to join the forum. <laughs> Do all the things, but anyway, shameless self promotion. Well, maybe people will on Discord and what is it, what is the other one? The Twitch chat, chat. The Twitch chat will give you tidbits, but <gasps> if you want the whole story, it's easy a little. So yes, you have to. Sorry. And thank you for the kind words. We yes. appreciate it. Yeah, and we're glad you, that you enjoyed the show <laughs> more than a grown man. But he's got more. <laughs> Whatever that means to everybody. All right. Um, much love to you all. Keep talking. I'm listening. Best wishes for a ha- best wishes for a happy new year. The Reverend Don Johnson. Doctor. Doctor Johnson. Sorry. Don um, Johnson's the guy the, yeah. who wore the t-shirts with the suit jackets. You don't know who Don Johnson is. Miami Vice. Miami Vice. It was a TV show. She doesn't know. I know it was, it was a TV it show. It was the coolest TV but show in the world in the eighties. No shit. Wasn't it was like the sh- it, was it was completely the shit. It really was. It truly everybody just went Everyone had the scruffy beards yeah, and was, I mean yeah. and it had a Phil Collins soundtrack. Oh yeah. That's right. I totally forgot they about that. They played the whole song and, and it just it was just yep. shots of them in the car driving around and they played and the that entire do 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 the whole thing. Yeah. It was And we're all like that's the show, the whole show, yeah. And then it had what's his name, uh, James uh, James Almost, Edward James Almost, Edward James Almost, who played that badass detective who, who had this chief. weird backstory yeah. about Thailand yeah. and what he was doing when he in Vietnam or yeah, whatever. Yeah. And yeah, it was fantastic. It was it was great. It, was it actually actually it doesn't hold up. It's actually kind of shit. Yeah, heavy yeah. metal Jess says, "Hell no, so garbage, much awful." Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> no, right, Jess, my girl. But right, at the time it. in the eighties, it was considered like. Very fashion forward. Oh, fashion. Well, it was. It really she is was. named Heavy Metal Jess. There's no way she's no, like Don. No, she would, There's. It's, it's not. It's not in her nature. And <laughs> no. she lives in the Northwest. I get. I get it, Jess. I do. I didn't get it until I came down to California. And now I live here. All right. P.S. There is no P.S. <laughs> there is only Zool. Zool. Ghostbusters. There's only Zool. I've seen it. There is no data. Didn't you read the script so you'd know how it was spelled? <laughs> There is no Dana. Read the script of oh God. Ghostbusters. <laughs> yeah. Stop making fun of me because I'm younger. 
the All architect right. was Simo Sandor. You know what? You'll have plenty of time to make fun of us when we're dead. Oh. Or Sino, <laughs> which isn't that far away. It you might actually be happening now. It's a thing. Right. <laughs> All right. BPS. Why are all you douche baggins is? Or why are why are you all douche baggins is? Mm. I'm, it's amusing, but there. What? Where did the whole douche thing start? Mm. The douche thing Tell started. Um, it was either Tappy or Stork who. Tappy. It might have been Tappy who called. He, he used that word a lot back in the day. Or that. And then it, so we started. It was me. I remember saying, "I think that we need to bring douchebag back into the into the vocabulary." Maybe because it, it had been. But well, we started referring. Refer, we either we started referring to ourselves as douchebags, or the listeners started doing it. We started. Li- we started talking about. They the don't remember. I they believe Kenny actually started to embrace the douchebag. But douchebaggins. No, that wasn't douchebag. Yeah, that, that's his own that's, take on them. Yeah. Oh, I see. But yeah. but but at some point we actually started embracing the douchebagging, and I, I believe that was Kimmy that brought that in. Will a what was his what was his very early on cup first couple of seasons? Will a something? I bet you he's the first person to call us douchebags. It could be probably. He's a guy I deleted from the. Remember when the form was originally integrated into WordPress? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was not good. And I saw his, his handle. Room. It was like Will Azam or something like that. Was his, you thought it was a Russian spam bot. I thought it was a Russian spam bot, <laughs> so I deleted his account. Then he sends an email. And he's like, hey, you douchebags. No, why did you delete my account? Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, he said douchebag. He said douchebag. He did, yeah. Okay. I, we were calling ourselves <laughs> douchebags before then. It was a but combination. That, but to, that's I, early. That's like season two. I, I remember because I remember thinking douchebag was hysterical all the time, and I remember thinking we need to bring this back into the. You vernacular. know what? I bet you it was that it video. It was in the vernacular at the time, though. That was like well, nine we're old. years I didn't ago. Know, yeah. So douchebag was like the, that was. The I height bet of you it was bag. that video. With the I the funnier die. am a douchebag. Yeah, that could be. I am a douchebag. That could be. Yeah, I that that might have been the impetus. Am a douchebag. That might have been the impetus. <laughs> it was those guys. It was, remember that? Remember yeah. that video? Yeah. You need to ask before that happens. That's, <laughs> that's, a, that's a thing that. Yeah. That's that is like the mark of a douchebag is the sticker on the on the bumper of the car. <laughs> yeah. You oh, need to ask. No, I thought we were going douchebaggins because Frodo had his finger bitten off. My <laughs> God. So. No? <laughs> That's <Yeah>. awesome. <laughs> I'm so going to make, I'm so going to make like in Lord Can of the Rings. Stop doing the two? Frodo. <laughs> yeah, like, like we should not do the two Sorry, and the pink Bilbo. one in the stage. No, Frodo, don't Frodo. Like, no yeah. The bag on shocker? Yeah, no. <laughs> Look what you've started. I blame you. <laughs> you know, he's right. It's totally... I, mean, I don't know why we didn't think of that. That's, that makes so much perfect... They're just so, yeah. And Kimmy's just horrified. There's even a song And you're right. You should ask, by the way, before you... <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Heavy Metal Jess says, I'm pretty sure douchebags came from a discussion about douchebags in general. Wasn't someone unaware of what a douchebag person was... And I think it was I season think that two. Was. And I think I had to explain to that. I feel that might be where, what you're talking about. I feel like someone explained mm-hmm. it to them. Or it was a really long time ago. We don't remember. We're drunk. Um, so thank you for that question. But we don't know the answer. It's now in the mythos. I'm sure of you the can show. find it on the forum. <laughs> or go back and listen. I'm sorry. I'm going to inflict the really old episodes on you. Go back and listen. You can email us again and tell us where, in fact, we got the those, those Those old episodes are short. I know. The first one was like 35 or 45 minutes. Right. 
That's nothing. That's a tangent now. And, and they had yeah. Claremont. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm what? pretty sure it was in the first season, so you don't even have to go through yeah. the entire yeah. backlog. Right. I mean, it was like I within like that was a thing before six I got or seven. There, Although yeah. your hero is talking really fast. This, that's back when we talked really fast. We were really nervous. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't right. speed those up? P-P-P-S. Scully lives. An addendum to my earlier email. Women, yeah, he sent this later. Yeah, it's okay. Women of Happy Jack's RPG podcast. What do you see as the three primary obstacles to women in, women's participation in the hobby? Uh, only so, three. Only men. Three. You only have three. <laughs> three. I know. So, I think already the patriarchy is limiting what you can say. I know. Yeah. You only get the three. Old to be back already. <laughs> well, I mean, we you know we had a really great discussion with this actually on Samantha's very first episode of. The podcast when we did the all women episode That's right. a number of seasons ago. Yeah. Um, and that was actually what then led to her being invited to the vampire game. Right. Um, but I think the thing, actually, I, we ran into it today on Twitter, me and Samantha and a bunch of other women. Um, someone had posted, and I'm not going to like blast accounts or anything. Um, oh, the sexy cosplayer girl just followed me. Her and her harem, you know, obviously aren't real gamers. They don't look like real gamers. <laughs> And it wasn't about me, and it wasn't about Samantha, but I, you know, this person followed me, and I followed them. I they they have like a Kickstarter coming up. I don't know, but um, so I was like, so I posted back and like tweeted that I was like, so what does a gamer look like? Because it's one of those things where I think that's the number one barrier is the assumptions and the the things people assume about us as we're you know at the table. Mm-hmm. Which, by and the way, is incredibly stupid. It's ridiculous. I mean, if you want girls to play the game, right? Why on earth don't. would you exclude attractive women based right. on the fact that they're attractive? Right. I mean, come on, but man! I think attractive I th- women scare them. Yeah, I think that's the thing. Is like, like I mean, and there's no perfect person. You're either oh, you're ugly, or you're too pretty. You're obviously in it for attention. Like literally, like whatever you look like, there is a problem with it. So it's not really about. Looking, it's really about the misogyny of this is our territory. Why are you in our territory? Right. Because when was the last time you told a guy he couldn't come play the game because he didn't look right? Right. Exactly. A hundred percent. Like a model guy can come sit down who with like a, an eight pack, and nobody's going to question that he's actually a gamer. You know. And it's just one of those things where it's it's that is the number one obstacle is just the sheer like outward appearance. And like I said today on Twitter after my crazy rant was like you know don't judge a player handbook by its cover, like. Like, like that's the number one thing. So number one, like just that. Um, <laughs> sorry, people are ch- talking in the chat room. And, Preach, Kimmy. Um, I say number two. Uh, I mean, <coughs> and I, I know I'm ta- I've told this story on the podcast before too. Like the first time I jammed was the Salem Witch Trials, or, or the first time I jammed for not my best friends was the Salem Witch Trials game I did at the con. I was so fucking nervous. Like I was, I hadn't slept. Like I was really nervous. Um, and I, I'm there, and someone come, one of the guys sits down, and he just kind of looks at me. And I'm sitting there, and, like, I was nervous, so I did my hair and my makeup, and I'm there. And he's just, like, and you can just see him, like, look at his buddy. And they were, like, the two people at the table, like, didn't know. And they just kind of exchange looks, and they're kind of, and then they kind of, like, talk about, I, I mean, in my head, like, I heard them, like, saying, oh, should we go? Should we stay? That could totally be, like, just what's in my, what, me being nervous, like, Overheard and like translated it right. to, but like I honestly think that they were like definitely nervous when they sat down and had a female GM, and they ended up having a great game. And one of them has signed up for every single con game I've done since then. 
So maybe it had nothing to do with that, and no, that was just mi- myself? You, you, no, you might actually be right. Yeah. Um, I, I always remember that story you talked about when you, uh, this is really early on, it was like maybe even season one where you walked <laughs> into the gaming, this back in the, when they saw gaming stores, you walked into the gaming store and it was all quiet. Yeah. And it's mean, like, and you, and you had the best quote ever, which is, I know you guys are doing something before I walked in here. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> Please go back to doing it. Yeah. Everyone wasn't standing here right. staring at the door right. two minutes ago. Right. Master Vitor just gave me a fantastic idea. Oh, yeah? Read his comment. Oh, yeah, I missed it. You can do costumes. You could totally come up with a gamer costume. Oh, I should. I should make a next A beard. fat beard cosplay. Yes, that'd be amazing. <laughs> So much inspiration no, for that. No, so I'm on. telling you. Oh my god, Samantha and Mac and I all the way down. Oh my god, here, and Gina, all the way, like we right? should all do like the, <laughs> the fat beard the cosplay. Fat beard. But like, but like this. Because you're yeah, still telling down to the pat. It has to neck beard. Yeah. Although you have to have yeah, total yeah. neck beard, but clean shaven. The Harvey, oh, yeah, the Harvey yeah. Weinstein yeah. sort of just. Yes. So I've only done one so far because I'm on a crazy rant. Okay, go ahead. Okay, number two, I would say, is the actual um, artwork and mechanics in the game systems. Mechanics? Yeah, sometimes mechanics. In the older ones, it's getting a lot better. But if you look in really old game systems, there are disadvantages for being a female character. Like, there are actual things. Like, you have a smaller thing. You, if you, especially She's the not old, wrong. Yeah, okay. Old editions of D&D. Old D&D had that? Yeah. I D&D don't ever recall that D&D having it. I will find it. They've had discussions about it. Fate, uh, fatal aside, not yeah, not oh God. that doesn't count as a thing. I I, I, I will say I will say quite honestly, I have never seen a game that differentiated between male and female characters. Really? Okay. Well, I can. No. I mean, there maybe, are maybe, yeah. But I, I'm not a big reader when it comes to role playing game books, as really? some people may tell. But I, but I mean, like, of the games that I'm mm-hmm. very familiar with, yeah. No, certainly socially, yes. If they're if you're if they're depict, especially if they're depicting. Right. A specific era or something right. like that, but and, and they, sh- I personally think, and what I've done in the settings that I'm doing mm-hmm. is saying, okay, you need to make a decision mm-hmm. about like this. This game takes place in the Middle Ages. Right. Well, what if, in right. the Middle Ages you have very specific roles for men and you have very yeah. specific roles for females. Mm-hmm. If you have female players who want to play female characters, mm-hmm. you're screwing them over. Yeah. So either just ignore that aspect of it mm-hmm. or make that part of the story. Mm-hmm. Make that part of the game that you're going to explore. Stu, she's yeah. in the middle of a rant. You're interrupting. <laughs> I'm t- no, I'm just saying... So, I just, I, go ahead. Uh, Mystery Cycle in the Tarpa says, to Kimmy's point, it was such a big deal that it was debated in Dragon Magazine for a long time in the early days. And Jen Human says, early D&D, women maxed out at 8 out of 50 strength and men at oh, 18 no out shit. of 100. It's an no shit. Thing. Plus, I mean, uh, they also got a plus one to appearance and I wrote for a... a <laughs> t- I, they did, and they. I wrote for a, a a female gaming website for a while. That's now defunct, called Charisma Bonus, because right. you got a charisma bonus for being female. Right. Like inherently in the mechanics, you were sexy. People would do things because you were female and had a vagina. Like it was a thing that was in the mechanics. Not to mention, like when you bought the books and you opened the books, and there's like bikini clad like slave Leia knockoffs all over it. So th- <coughs> that is like the number two thing that I mean, and it's getting so much better. Like. The five e books. I love the five e books. There's some incredible, like real functional female armor that's out in a lot of the books now, which I just adore looking at. Right. The L five R art. Oh my god, some of it's so amazing. And it's um, the L five R art. At least in fourth edition, it was still it, there was. No, I wouldn't say there was anything purient in it at all. No, 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 no. I wouldn't. Yeah, I wouldn't either. But like, there's some game like. 
and I think because there's a lot more art coming out because of the the L5R card game, I think there's just more art out there. I right think now. that's the and vast love, majority yeah, of the yeah, art. And the L5R wiki is full of just great art. I mean, yeah. that's what she's talking about. I think because because when you go search for L5R, because the, the beta doesn't have any artwork for it yet, but, but there is a, a large amount of artwork that's been generated, and it is it's 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 like stuff like this. It's very good. Yeah, but there is a lot of if you look at like a lot of the old L5R characters, like the NPC, but the characters in the lore, like one of them is like a sexy siren uh, like scorpion like her like trademark thing is how she dresses scantily clad and, oh really yeah no okay. it's like I forget what the character's name is but and so there's like still kind of avenues of that but that was again fourth edition so it's gone now hopefully um, is it Bayushi Kachiko yeah, yeah yeah so like there are these like still these like Slave Leia bikini fantasies that kind of get interwoven in a lot sure. of times but I, I'm loving that, that that's kind of um Going by the wayside now. It's two. Yeah, two. And I think number... Less th- pornographic. And you can read RPG books in public now. Right. And people don't think you're a fucking you're freak. Crazy, right? <laughs> exactly. Fatalism. Well, yeah. they still think you're a nerd. That's but they don't think nerd, you're... Yeah. But you don't look like you're looking at porn or soft porn of some type. Right. Um, I'm not afraid to have one at school because some kid might accidentally open it. Right. Um, well, I should show you the card game that got sent to me from... Uh, what's his name from Japan? Oh, oh Is it consent yeah. to have mine? It's, it's That's a, bad. I'll show it to you after the game. Yeah, yeah okay. no, it's fine. Um, and I think <laughs> I don't remember what it's called. <laughs> and I think the third thing um, is kind of the. I mean, and it's again another thing that's changing. The thing that kind of keeps women out is kind of the lack of other women, because it's and I and it, that's changing. Like I, a even, lot. Yeah, I was <laughs> thinking about this the other day. You know, the first cons that we went to like yeah. eight years ago. Like there was not very many women. No, you were the not at all. all. There not was all. yeah, there was like me and a couple other yeah and, yeah and um and that that's how like Gina and I like kind of bonded and they're like oh good hi girl other female to be right. with you know and uh and it turns out Gina and I have everything in common which was really great right. but sometimes I didn't but I think like like that's the other barrier is it's you know it's like that thing when you walk into the the comic shop or you walk into the gaming store and everyone turns and looks at you and you're like the only one you're like. Okay. When we first cool. started, we talked about how we never really had female gamers unless they were girlfriends of them, and then once they broke up, they never came back. But I gotta say, that was the, the absolute norm at the cons the these 70s days, and the 80s. At or the cons these days, it's not almost more women than men. I I I don't have in the RPG ha- section. You might be right. I don't have not stats in the war to back that up. <laughs> but I I the see, fat beards still have their place. I see young kids. <laughs> I see young daughters. I see I see yeah. women all over the place in the in the the convention now, especially in the RPGs. And it happened. I I, I was going to say overnight, but mm-hmm. but uh, it almost seems like they were always there. But when we first did these cons. They weren't. You there were. You were there. Rare. You can it witness very it. Rare. Well, yeah. I, th- I really think that. I mean, the interest was always there. Of course. Like, I mean, even as a little kid, like we all play imaginary games. This is what it is. Like, there's something fundamental about kids and about human beings pretending. Sure. That is part of who we are, and that doesn't <coughs> go away with women. Like, it, nope. it doesn't change. But I think one of the things that happened is MMOs and uh, yeah, online. Absolutely. Well, yeah, Women if you're was, at home, you have a safe place. Right. Where you Suddenly you're out there. You're playing these RPGs. Nobody knows if you're really a woman or not. So you can do whatever you want with that character in your safe space and, you know, without being ridiculed. Although, you know, the minute you get on voice chat, suddenly everyone eviscerates you because they realize you're a girl. Right. You know, but it still, <laughs> still happens. Yeah. Um, so, like, all those barriers aren't there. But that has, like, made women braver and made women realize there are other women out there. Right. So which has really been a big deal and that's one of the things I think um, that's 
I'm most proud of about this podcast mm-hmm. is even though it didn't start out as our intention, you've always you had women, you had Claire before me, you had mm-hmm. me. We've always had women on, um, and I've had a ton of people come up to me and say, "I listen to Happy Jacks because there were women there." Because I thought, you know, me and my wife would listen together or because it was great. You know, I was looking for women to play with. I couldn't find anybody. And your podcast had other women. So I think that that's one of the things I am most proud of. The last big RPG survey, we were like the number number one podcast for, for women listeners. Yeah, and I think in a very mm-hmm. organic, not like... Look, we have women. Vagina. Look, vagina. Right. Like, like, kind of way, which kind of was happening for a while. And sure, I'm loving sure. now that there are a ton of, you know, other not the, shows. Not, doing... not that we weren't doing that, but that was happening <laughs> on other podcasts, right? Right. Oh, but, we were. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. But it was not, it wasn't in that, like. I'm going to be honest. No. We, 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 it's not like we started this thing and we were like, oh, oh no, we're so far ahead not. of everyone else. No. But you invited women who were smart enough to, like, represent well and not in, like, a token way. That's right. Well, that's because they didn't know yeah. any dumb women. Right. It's not a gimmick. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't a gimmick. Yeah, and you picked women who were able to come on and, like, you know, have their say. And even yes. though I know so much more than I did back then and, like, all these things. And, you know, we, you know, it, it, again, it, you know, because we are actually really friends in real life, too, I think that's also kind of getting back to the email that I started this whole rant on. Um, you know, there's that that value to the women being there because, like, we really mean, a, like, even if we had no Happy Jacks, we'd all still hang out together and still be really good friends. Right. And while I th- I think that's the most, you know, important and valuable thing about the Happy Jacks thing, and I think that what sets us apart from a lot of other shows is that, like, true friendship that would be there whether we had Happy Jacks or not. Um, and I think that really, in a way that, um, that a lot of other shows, and I, more shows have it now, a ton of great, really uh, women-run shows out there, um, but I think that that that, hey, these women are part of our circle was very revolutionary in a lot of ways. Would you, do you think maybe that's like the difference between real diversity and tokenism? Absolutely. Like the actual, like, it's, and, it's fine to, and it's fine to bring someone in and say, hey, you know, we really would love to have a person of color voice or we really love to have a female voice. But actually having them there and also really embracing them, that's that difference. So bringing them in to have a voice is really important, and that's a great first step. But keeping them and actually accepting them as an equal in the group is much like so important too. And isn't it freaking stupid that it took until the 2010s for that to happen? <laughs> it's still, and it's still like oh, I mean, of course today, like with a you know well known, you know fairly well known, I guess like. D and D player on Twitter, like saying shit like that. It's like and Geek and Sundry. I mean, that's blazed that whole trail completely. Right. She she has a media empire. Uh, Felicia Day. Uh, yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, she's sorry. She's I'm, I'm sorry. Yes. I should say her name. Felicia Day actually yeah. has a media empire based on yeah. that basic concept, which is I'm an intelligent, geeky woman, and I'm not afraid to show it. Right. And I'm going to tell you. And in fact, I'm the Oprah Winfrey of of uh, geeks. <laughs> wow! <laughs> what a great title. Happy Jacks RPG, yeah, friendship right is magic. <laughs> yeah, but it, I mean, again, like that's still something that women are fighting against. And I know a lot of women. Um, you know, uh, uh, Jessica Chobot is a friend of mine, and things like that. Like a lot of real known, like geek sphere women who are basically like 
doubted all the time. Oh sure. Like and and like <clears throat> uh, you know oh they're just doing this for attention. Oh it's like okay you know what we there, there's not like big money in the geeks. <laughs> oh really? With my <laughs> with my thousand Twitter followers, I am. Right, raking it in. Right, but I mean, like all these, all these women who are beautiful and go into geeky things, like they can make twice as much money doing just the beautiful things, like right. if, like avoiding the geeky things. But they choose that that's like their um, their passion, so they go into that. Well, there's also there's been there's been a there's been a big change in sort of geek and nerd culture where mm-hmm. it has not become something that you necessarily it's still in certain circles you have to hide it but yes. it is becoming much more socially acceptable right in ways and, yeah. and I, I actually think i think that's because of wow yeah because wow was 100%. so huge yep and it, there's no way just nerds were playing wow no. and, and magic and anime yeah yeah, yeah. I, like i went to anime conventions the very first otakon way, way back in the day and it was all mouth-breathing dudes. Mm-hmm. Oh, and then I went to Otakon just before I moved out here to L.A. Here. And it was like... <laughs> <laughs> and, and I was shocked that it was still a lot of mouth-breathing dudes and a lot of very, very ordinary or attractive or whatever women mm. were more than half of the audience. And mm-hmm. I, I was so... I felt so encouraged, like, for the species. Yeah. Right. That, like, there, there was a chance that, like, you know, those gene pools would mix. Well, I, I, took, I took my daughters and my son to see Baby Metal. Mm-hmm. That, that's the, the... The Japanese. They're so cool. The, yeah. And I was kind of... I was a little worried that it was going to be what I perceive as the people that go to, like, anime cons. It was going to be that kind of people. Mm-hmm. It wasn't. Yeah. Not at all. It was. It was the. It has to be the 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 weirdest cross section of people ever, <laughs> because there was all the typical heavy metal concert goers, mm-hmm. who because there's within the the heavy metal community there's some people that deride them, but there's also some people that are like, nah, it's a pretty good band, and so there's a bunch of those people yeah. there, and they're there with their metal hang, shit metal shit hanging from their faces, <laughs> and and then there was. Um, People like me who are like people with kids, and the kids want to see the band. So, dad or mom or mom and dad take mm-hmm. the kid are taking the kids to see the show. Then there was like just middle aged people. There was a couple there who were sitting next to us. They were sitting next to Allie. Mm-hmm. They were singing and they knew all the lyrics. I don't think either of them spoke Japanese, <laughs> but they they knew, they'd memorized every song yeah. that was in in the set. And it was this weird cross section of people who were all like, "No, we think this is a really awesome band." Yeah. <clears throat> but I was not expecting that. I was expecting it to be like an old 1980s anime convention. <laughs> well, when was the last time you were at an anime? Convention? I have never been to an anime convention. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm just saying from what. I'm assuming. Okay, so Alex should come with me to one. Yeah, yeah. Go to Anime Expo today, and you will mm. be amazed. Oh, really? Yeah, it's a, it's yeah. not the crowd you expect well, at all. That that's ninety percent of what my daughter watches. Yeah. Now. Oh, yeah. It's amazing. I she has a great taste. So imagine forty thousand of your daughter, and you've got Anime Expo. Yeah, a hundred percent. Oh, she uh, she would not stop bugging me until I I watched. Uh, what's it called? Fairy Tale. No. Oh. I, that's the next one she's got me on. Oh, okay. Yeah. I have not. I haven't started it yet. Uh, the one with the big giant people. Attack on Titan. Attack. Uh, oh yeah. Attack, Attack on Titans. Titans. Yeah. yeah, so good. Attack on Titan is amazing. Fantastic. So good. Yeah, there's a really great storytelling. But yeah, I, I and I think I think you were right on and like wow being the thing because um, it's it's funny like I'm going to a, a new gym and my trainer's awesome. He's super bro dude, but he's like really like really knowledgeable. But he played fucking wow. 
And he's like super into talking to me about it. Like even though he doesn't play anymore, he's like, oh yeah, and my character, oh my gosh, that's doing. It. Like we just talked about the new expansion because he hasn't <laughs> played it. And it was one of those things that really kind of like, and and video games in general, kind of like, oh, video games are for nerds. And suddenly, like things like Call of Duty, like every bro dude, and like all these things start like really. And then all the sports video games, people mm-hmm. who were super into football and stuff like that, started playing. And suddenly, that was part of nerd culture that was no longer nerdy, right? And that sort of that's is true. What, yeah, yeah, I hadn't thought about that. And yeah, that really you're introduced right. like, oh, hey, I really love these games. Oh, I'm going to play that game. Oh, this game's like D and D. Oh, what is D and D? And it's oh, all these games are based on these tabletop role playing games, mm-hmm. which then brought more people into hobby. And then you start having things um, like Twitch, where people are watching people play video games, and then people started streaming tabletop games, and all these things on them that slowly kind of inoculated people into nerddom until they had this immunity built up so they could like walk in and like know what it was. And, and, uh, I would and now also- you have Critical Role having fucking billboards. All over Los Angeles. Right. I would also say that um, there, there's another avenue too, as well with the uh, with Magic: The Gathering. Yeah. Uh, the card gaming and uh, the t- that people who were playing say, I don't know, war game or a role play game or whatever. And the right. next thing you know, with Magic and all the derivations of Pokemon, all of that stuff, that that whole Yu Gi Oh, Yu Gi Oh, all yeah. of that stuff, they is another gateway in. And so you, you were coming at it from all sides, and it suddenly became. Has Kimmy said a legitimate thing? It mm-hmm. almost happened while we were starting this podcast. It went from uh, voices crying in the wilderness to this amazing. In the in what yeah. is it? Seven it, years. It, it, it went this? from people just now getting over being stuffed in lockers in high school. Sure, <laughs> sure. <laughs> well, nerd culture is pop culture these days. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. clearly. Yeah. Well, you have to realize. Well, I, is that is that part of is part of that sort of an online bubble though? No. Well, but also movies. Yes, Tony's, Tony Stark is now a hero. Yeah, I mean, it that's is true. That's completely true. overtaken like television and movie studios. Like the, the top grosser movies of all time, yeah. the only one of them that's not either science fiction or a superhero is Titanic. Yeah, the fact that I can walk okay. into a mall and have multiple stores I can go to and buy comic themed merchandise, either from movies. Yeah, I mean that is super culture. But the other thing you have to realize. But, go to, but what, what's it like at a football stadium? I'm hundred percent like Target. <laughs> no, I mean, I mean Target what I'm sells saying is Captain America t-shirts. So you will hundred percent go I, into I, a football game, and people will be wearing Captain <clears throat> okay, America. Right. And I would just like to say, as an employee of the Walt Disney Company, <laughs> buy <laughs> Marvel <laughs> and Lucasfilm's yeah. merchandise. Yeah. So when we were kids, John Wayne and and um, Charlton Heston were like alpha <laughs> male heroes. Now it's Robert Downey Jr. and Tom Hiddleston, and you know people yeah. of nebulous. A moral character. Yeah. It, it, I, I guess we have different heroes and different and things, times have changed around us, too. Oh, see, look, Kenigma twenty three football. Who watches that? <laughs> a lot of people. Yeah, a yeah. lot of people do. <laughs> I do. But and you also have to realize, like, we have a whole generation of kids, like my age. Like, I watched Pokemon as a kid. I want to be the, I know, very the very best. best. <laughs> like, I did that. And like, ah. the Pokemon cards were massive and huge. Oh yeah. So we have now adults who had that as a childhood. Yeah, the zeitgeist. Yeah. So it's like, okay, these are nerdy things, and it was not hidden. Like, it was it was uh, like marketed 
and a huge income source. So it was something that was very open. Everybody had Pokemon backpacks. You had all these things. I mean, did you guys have D&D backpacks? Well, I can use my kids as a great example. <laughs> no, because like, we didn't get stuffed in lockers. When, right. When, when, <laughs> like, my kids is a great example, although I never encouraged them to be geeks. Like, when Dad has a comic book collection in the garage and has a bunch of gaming books up, and I guess apparently it's okay. Mm-hmm. So even though I never, you know, like said, you guys must go out and be geeks, they just, it's, it's always because that's what I did. My kids were pissed off when they found out I was going to Gen Con and not taking them with them right and that and i will never be able to go to a game convention and not take them with me now there right. we go because they've been to uh, zachary's been to three and ali's been to two of them and they're like oh no this is awesome we're and, coming to this and every I have time been seeing that at the con i mean the there more, are more and more, more kids, kids yes well that's and also the con stepping yeah. up and having more and more stuff for them to do right. too. that's great yeah, yeah. it's that's really great, great. Yeah. because like i also I, i'm a big fan of science fiction conventions mm-hmm. and the graying of science fiction conventions is a major problem where there isn't a next generation of science fiction fans mm-hmm. that go to the conventions. Mm-hmm. Unlike comic and anime and gaming, where they've very consciously reached out to yeah. young people and you know included programming to make that interesting to younger right. people. Whereas like Worldcon, it's just, you know. I think there's going to be a trickle up or a trickle down because people are going to get there through Gallifrey, through Doctor Who, through, um, um, through Star Wars. They're going to get there. It may take them a little bit longer, but because it, it, it happened with Archons as well, uh, with WoW and anime, it, it trickles in. It, it it'll all it will replenish itself. Yeah. It's just a maybe. You, know, you guys, are, you guys are on the outer edge of the much anymore. I, know, I got I got I got <laughs> legless with George Martin one night, mm-hmm. uh, bitching about the fact that he was bitching about the fact that only old people come to conventions anymore. And I was like, well, George, you know, you guys used to have gaming programming and movie programming and TV programming, and you kicked all that stuff out because yeah. you, didn't want, you didn't want anything but literature at the conventions. And he was like, that's right. And the problem is, these darn kids, they don't appreciate good science fiction writing. Yeah. You know, and, I, and I'm just like, dude. That's the gatekeeping that I like listed as number one. Like, you can't do gatekeeping. You have to accept people... Like at whatever level of fandom they are, like whether they're new, whether they're like, oh no, I only like I want to play the Star Trek video game. I don't want to read the books or whatever it is. Like, what? <laughs> I know because George R. R. Martin, of all people, should know full well what media can do to a franchise, right? Well, <laughs> and, and in his defense, we were pretty drunk. <laughs> Uh, You're just glad you got away without dying. Yeah. Well, no, I, I was I was knighted by George Martin on Passyunk Avenue in Philadelphia at 3 a.m. outside Pat's King of Steaks. You're so cool. Oh, thank you. And, uh, uh, I have gotten him drunk and lost in several cities and have been officially. I'm gonna. Given, you know what? We're all gonna blame you for the fact that there's no new book. It's because you've been keeping him too drunk. Right. Actually, no, no. Since that's, that 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 show took off, like nobody's seen him. He's, oh, yeah. He's so super. He's so well known now. Yeah. 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 I'm gonna. I'm going to read this. i got to work tomorrow. Go. Okay. All right. Confessions horror story from Minnesota. Uh, die, die tosser? Die tosser. Die tosser. Uh, greetings, Gerpsman. Yeah. <laughs> the RPG squad. Minnesota dice tosser again with more tales of woe. Whoa. Nail him to the tree of woe. Or should we do it like uh, Keanu Reeves? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in the land of sub-zero temperatures. First, confessione. I was running a third edition D&D game for a few co-workers and some of their friends. In my infinite cleverness, I had designed a high-level 17th series of adventures with powerful NPCs, deadly traps, horrible monsters, and confounding puzzles. 
While I did a decent job crafting my quest, my implementation was flawed at best. I made characters search for clues and punish them if they failed their roles. I made players solve puzzles that I thought were easy and berated them when they asked for clues and couldn't do it. You idiots! You idiots! (laughs) It's Stimpy is a GM. You idiot! I I created combat encounters that put the characters in difficult situations that punished them for making poor tactical decisions. I often said no to the requests and questions or quashed any attempt to deviate from my predetermined solution. Long story short, I was terrible to my players in every way. I gave my players some train tracks and put them in a cart and bashed and them with a shovel whenever they looked anywhere but straight ahead. Shame, shame, shame. Shame. But you know what? He's realized that yeah. he has shame. Shame. That was a was a great western. Uh, I want to live forever. <laughs> but thanks, Happy Jacks. I'm. Re- Shame! <laughs> but thanks to Happy Jacks, I'm a recovered control freak. Now, oh, no, I'm, you gotta still be a control freak if you're gonna GM. Uh, right. And now I'm happy to let the players follow whatever path or track they like. Now, I'm on to the gaming freak. horror story. Because that wasn't a horror story. Oh, let me <laughs> unmute your mic. What did you say? I'm sorry. <laughs> I hate you. gave you like an essay. I'm not a control freak. <laughs> now, on to the gaming horror story. Nobody buys that shit. It started innocent enough with a game pitch for a new campaign set in the city of Sigil with a Planescape verse. Uh, the players were encouraged oh. By the dreams. way, by the way, the the four o'clock um, fate game is is set in Sigil. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I just want to say tomorrow, by the way, I yeah. love this story, and I'm it's, I love it's I love fantastic. Planescape. Planescape was like one of the video games I played because I I didn't realize it was based on an actual like D and property right. until like halfway through the game. I'm like, holy crap! This, oh, this is so anyway. Yeah. Uh, so Planescape Play- no, games is running it tomorrow. West Otis. So. I know, right. and I had to bow out because I have to work. Uh, the players uh, just give me a paper cup and pour, pour lemon juice in it why don't you I have beer or whiskey <laughs> the players were encouraged to create under- alright I'm reading <laughs> hello the characters uh, were then reduced by the sensate society recruited thank you recruited by the as I as I re- went by that word I'm like that can't be right recruited by the sensate society and given a directive to go forth and experience a variety of unusual things in the while all the while recording, in quotes, their experiences to share with the society. An interesting premise. We followed every hook and took on any task, including our dwarf cutting his own finger off and eating it. Ew. The <laughs> Why? The first game the first few games in Sigil were fine. The Hypochondriac, germaphobic cat folk had the Goliath convinced the barrel barrels he traveled with were vital goods, soap, standard low-level adventuring fun. Then we opened a planar gate. Uh-oh. The first encounter as that sigil is a plant creature. Sorry. Is a plant creature which grapples each character as they pass through the gate. My tiny I'm gonna need help with this. Kikurpka? Kikurpka? Kurpka. Kirpka. Squirrel folk. Squirrel. Squirrel folk. Uh, Sword Sage was first grappled, poisoned, paralyzed, dead in three rounds. If we hadn't had a Githzerai. Githzerai. Githzerai monk. No one would have survived. That night, we were attacked, random encounter, by some form of level draining undead. We survived. Somehow. The following day, we were, were attacked 
by some bizarre planar creature. What? It paralyzes the dwarf and takes all his belongings, leaving him naked and cold. <laughs> he covers himself in mud. As one does. As one does. We does play an entire warmer? session without the dwarf getting an uh, opportunity to re-equip at all. So he's just running around naked. No, he's wearing mud. Yeah, the, mud. Pl- the players make jokes about the Sensei Society enjoying the poverty experience. Later, we camped in a ruined tower and were set upon by more obscure planar monsters, this time wielding a staff that permanently drains charisma from anyone it hits. So the half-dragon, half-halfling? Halfling. Half-dragon, halfling. He's a half-dragon and half-halfling. That's what I said. He's a very short... But isn't that half-dragon quarterly? But wait, there's more. So it's the (laughs) half-dragon, halfling, swashbuckler sorcerer. Who slept on a pile of treasure he kept in a bag of, of holding promptly gets <laughs> <laughs> Which is brilliant. To it one. is. Is Christmas drained to one? Okay. Right. Uh, bearing in mind he's a swashbuckler. So he's Marty Feldman. But sorcerers are charisma based. Yeah. Right. So you basically. So are swashbucklers. You, so are swashbucklers. So you've taken away. And, 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 yeah. Alright, so we spent the whole next session chasing the charisma thieves, trying to get his charisma score restored. The muddy naked. So what? Dwarf. You go take it back? <laughs> okay, you guys just should have gotten some like some contouring going. Like it would make everything better. Yeah. <laughs> Get some makeup I, on there. I can't decide if my new band name is Charisma Thieves or Muddy Naked Dwarf. <gasps> right. <laughs> muddy Naked Dwarf. I'd go with Muddy Naked Dwarf. And Charisma Thieves is your first hit song. Right? Yes. Oh my god, the title of your first album. Oh my god, Charisma Thieves. That's the album. That's yeah, the album. Yeah, that's the album. Yeah. That's it. The Muddy Naked Dwarf wanders away in frustration at the end of the second session with no equipment or clothes. See, it writes itself. It's brilliant. brilliant. The rest of our weird, severely weakened, damaged, level drained, poison diseased, ability damaged, and drained adventuring party (laughs) (laughs) can you do tracking the ugly stick. And and it was, right? At that point, you got hit with the ugly stick. We follow the villains into... Contouring. Telling you. Yadrazil, the world tree, and eventually into a demiplane where we fought to the bitter end with only a couple survivors fleeing in failure. We decided there was enough planescape for now. now <laughs> <laughs> this might not be the worst horror story, but I bet you wouldn't want to play a naked dwarf for most of two sessions or a sorcerer with a charisma of one. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> Planar sandboxes should be filled with strange new toys and weird adventures, not poison ivy, fire ants, and thorny birds. Upon reflection, we never should have left Sigil. <laughs> <laughs> Once again, thanks for the great content. P.S. Drink, <laughs> then save versus poison. Uh oh. P.P.S. So long, and thanks for all the ability damage. P.P.P.S. More tales of horror from the Aldiverse. Coming soon. I freaking love that story. Like, there's so much wonderful in it. I know, I know. But I'm guessing he didn't run this, he played in it. Yes. And all I have to say is, however much of a sack of hurt that experience (laughs) was, that story is priceless. That's why we love horror stories. (laughs) We all learn more from the horror stories than we do from people saying, oh, actually us. Well, I think they, they make us feel good because it's like, oh, God, like, we've all had that fuck up. Uh-huh. Like no oh, matter yeah. how great a GM you are or how great a player you always had that oh shit moment. At and some point you were yeah. kinda shitty. Yeah. I mean it's not like fuck a cheeseburger bad most of the time. <laughs> but like that was had moments like that that is no, that's, that's like, the, the mm, best horror story ever or, or worse. 
But yes, we've all had that moment, and it, it, it's like that camaraderie like, for two XP. Sorry. <laughs> Although it wasn't, it wasn't in uh, in White Wolf. So that, I mean, World of Darkness. That that's significant. That's like yeah. a whole session. I I. <laughs> but like, yeah, no, no shit. There I was, a naked, mud covered dwarf, <laughs> right. lost in the planescape, <laughs> chasing a you know, yeah. That's two sessions. That's amazing. And whenever whenever I asked if I could do anything, they went, "Do you have no weapon? Nope. Nope." I I, oh, no, I hold my action. An unarmed attack. I think you get a D four or something. You could use the aid action to give oh. somebody else a plus two. There you go. <laughs> I'm going <laughs> to aid you with my nakedness. <laughs> naked dwarf buff. Naked dwarf buff. See, and then the game, and then the game gets weird, and that's how, that's how games go sideways, right there. Yeah, but that's brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> Bounce All right. Bow wow. All right, that it? Yeah. Uh, don't forget JackerCon 14 mm-hmm. on the 17th of March through the 20th of... No, April 1st. Yep. Yep. Uh, so it's, Oh, man, it's running a long time. Yeah, March 17th to April 1st. Mm-hmm. Uh, been spending most our lives in a subterranean paradise. And if you don't remember... Coolio just, there for Just you. Google JackerCon. It will come up. Yeah. Turns out. Coolio Baranzan mm-hmm. a little bit. What? What? And I'll be adding that to the website too. I'll be okay. adding a link to them through us. There's a if you go to happyjacks.org, there's a tab that's community, and it's got a link to our Discord. It's got a link to mm-hmm. our forum. It's got a link to all our fan art, which is on our walls. And tonight, probably depending on how much I drink before we, I go home, they will also have Jack Rickon linked. And March sixteenth, seventh, or no, February sixteenth, seventeenth, eighteenth, and nineteenth. Yep. At the LAX Hilton Hotel, Strategicon, Orcon 2018. Be there. We will be there. Do the thing. It will be awesome. And, and if you do show up, seriously, come and introduce yourselves. We have brains like sieves, uh, and, and you can recognize us. In fact, that's how we met C.A. Dave and Rob, because they recognize our voices. And Nick. And Nick, we, we like, join yes. the podcast. Like, like, that is how hosts are made, is buying a spear. <laughs> or just, <laughs> just come and introduce yourselves. Please don't be shy. Speaking of which, uh-huh. if you're not busy... On Dritzmas Eve, which is March 17th, mm-hmm. for some people it's St. Patrick's Day, uh, we will be doing a right. Dritzmas Eve show <laughs> at the Petroleum Club oh. in Long Beach, California. Mm-hmm. Um, the Boggards are headlining. The Merry Wives of Windsor will be there as well, as well as a sport of tricks. That's Kurt Hanna's band, Kurt yeah. from who, who's running the Vampire Dark Ages game. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm, I don't know what time the show starts. I'm going to guess around 8 o'clock. I haven't seen tickets yet. But uh, you should go to that show because uh, that's a great place to meet us when we're not yeah, on stage. It's full of gamers. When we're not on stage, right? <laughs> I would same with fair. Like to reiterate, the Renaissance Fair is the same way. I mean, Jesse is in Mary Wise and Windsor. She's there. Uh, yep. uh, Kurtz and his crew are. Anyway, yeah. There's lots and lots of people that you will know awesome. or heard of. That's exactly. All right. But anyway, my point is, please introduce yourselves. Yeah. And even if you introduced yourself last time. Please reintroduce yourself. Because Stork was drunk. I chances are. <laughs> I'm gonna end it. All right. Thank you for joining us for season 21, episode three of Happy Tech Service Podcast. My name is Stu. My name is Kimmy. I'm Davey. I'm Stork. Uh, thank you very much, and don't forget the Dritzmas uh, gift exchange. That's Dritzmas dot. At gm gmail dot com, Christmas at gmail dot com, uh, and then you'll get a registration thing, and you can get a Christmas present for Christmas. Absolutely. And tomorrow is One Shot Saturday for January. Um, those games will actually not be available on podcast 
have to turn it, tune in and watch them either on Twitch live or you can watch them on YouTube later. We have um, uh, a fake game. No, yeah, we have a fake game um, in the afternoon run by West Otis. Game, right? Yeah, and we have Jib is running his. Bad streets. bad streets. That's what it is. I'm trying. To, I'm like detective. That's eleven streets. to four. Yeah, eleven, 11 to four. He's running bad streets in the morning. We have some new faces. It should be super fun. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah. We'll leave with a song. That red should be, 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 that red The preceding program has been a presentation of the Angry Folk Media Empire. Why problem make when you no problem have you don't want to make? Go away, Baton! Welcome to Costco. I love you. <laughs>